Yeah, my mom was a heroin addict. Um, you ever see her shoot up? No. I, here's the thing, dude. Once again, when you're a kid, you don't notice. You don't realize what the fuck is going on, dude. I thought my mom had back problems, so that's why she at night would take. Uh, she would drink a little orange bottle of liquid, and she'd go into bed and lie down. And she get groggy, and I couldn't talk to my mom for the rest of the night because she'd fucking be in there smoking cigarettes, falling asleep, and almost lighting the bed on fire. Cause killing babies like Jack. Suppose your mama would have pushed your ass down her ass crack. You dumb assholes with no hope for killing babies like shit you wanna vote for. They're just trying to wipe her ass out. Cause the niggas be the ones with their bellies all poked out. Leave it like to be decided by another. You need to pass me again and let me kill some of you motherfuckers. That's why I'm glad we got niggas. Plus the scroll be fucked if it was ran by your stupid bitches. At least give the kids a chance. And if you're going unprotected, keep your pussy in your pants. Cause you hoes will get the guillotine. If I was a judge for one of you bitches killing off the unseen. Hello, everybody. I'm excited about today's podcast, but more, I'm excited about the intro music that I'm about to play that I haven't thought about since I was a little, little, uh, maybe a high schooler. Um, hi, everybody. On today's episode, Louis J. Gomez from the Legion of Skanks podcast with Big J. Okerson and Dave Smith, the third member, finally making an appearance on Skeptic Tank 176, the makings of an adult adult J degenerate with Louis J Gomez. Um, Louis is what I always thought of as a degen. He fucks degenerity. He does drugs degenerity. He fights degenerity. He's just like he's just a street person. And I mean, he's cool and all. I like him. We talk about MMA together a lot. We we talk about lots of stuff actually. Um. Yeah, he was just like, I don't know, it's not degenerate, he's just like a, he's like a garbage person, he's one of the garbage people, but he, he's cool about it, nah, he's not a garbage person, garbage people are people who like livingly live in, willingly live in Long Island, willingly, not like, ah, you know, screw up here, I got a business, I can't leave, just the ones who would like go there, not where Renazisi lives, he lives in rich people's part of town, um, He's just like a, I don't know, a degen. He's a degen. That's all he is, a degen. He doesn't gamble like degens, but like he's a degen. He's a person of the street. And more recently, in the last year and a half, he had a child. So he's sort of grown up a lot. And um, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to forget about the child thing. Well, I could talk to him now more easily. But like, um, I just wanted to see what it's like to grow up like he grew up. Fucking, well, you'll see it. His parents, his mom did fucking heroin his dad just shit happened to him all throughout so um yeah enjoy the episode um quick little couple quick dates i have a in brooklyn it's my one new york date i have august 21st at the bell house tickets are available now on my website ariashafir.com get them now 15 dollars in advance 20 at the door so get them in advance to save yourself five hard-earned dollars and by hard-earned, if you're in Brooklyn, I mean uh, you had to ask your parents for it. I do not apologize for that. Um, 27th in Chicago at Zany's. I think that might be sold out for August. And this week, I'll be having storyteller shows in Montreal right now. Monday, Tuesday. This comes out today. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, July 21st to 24th. Every night, a different storyteller show, four different comedians, and myself. And I'll be telling four different stories. Um, 
Each one's a different topic. We have family, romance, danger, and childhood. Four stories. I have a good childhood story that I can't really tell on any recording. Um, that's it, you guys, I think, right? Is that everything? Don't forget to go to my website. People are buying the grinders. They're out right now. I haven't heard any feedback yet. They're way better than the last one. The last ones are okay. These, these are good. Um, and then tour shirts and whatever else you need. Go to my website, arishafir.com. And don't forget to go to the Amazon link right under my dates on the side, the little laugh sub widget. Right under that, there's an Amazon link, and there's one right next to it for Amazon Canada. Just before you do your Amazon shopping, just uh, Amazon's a good deal. Most of the time, you don't pay taxes. Uh, just click on, just go to arishavir.com, click on the link, it takes you to Amazon, and then just do whatever shopping you want to do, and I get a cut back from it. They give me a cut off their end, so, um, you know, it helps support the podcast, helps pay people like Lewis, who can really put $50 to good use, fucking feed his child for once. No, he always feeds his child. Um, yeah. Oh, and I have a live podcast at Montreal, too, Thursday, I think Thursday during the day. At like one or three o'clock. Check hahaha.com for tickets for the storyteller shows too out there. Hahaha.com for tickets. Um, I think we got our final dates for the for the recording when we're recording the storyteller show. That this is not happening. Storyteller shows. The next one we're doing for television. It's going to be September 9th and September fifteenth. Two shows a night. So the tickets will be up soon. All my fans will get first dibs over the Comedy Central like list. Um. You guys, let's start the episode. Fuck, I went to Yankee Stadium today. I got burned like a motherfucker. I was sitting next to like a real pale-skinned guy, so I figure, well, if I'm sitting next to him, I'm safe. God, that sun never stopped beating down. There's some fat people in this city. There's some fat people in this city. They have nicknames for every city. Windy City, Garden City. Where's Garden City? Garden State? That might be Los California. Um... They should call this city Obesity. <laughs> that joke had to have been used before. Did you see me trying to set it up? I already knew it ahead of time. It, I didn't like it. I didn't like the delivery. Yeah, tons of fat people. These people, they eat these giant tubs of popcorn, and they're already fat, and then they go get free refills, and they go fill it up again. Fat people, you're going to die. I will continue to fat shame you until you stop dying from your fucking thing you should be ashamed of. it's just like they say they have great pizza here yeah they have hot girls here they have great pizza here but they have a lot more disgusting girls and they have a lot more disgusting pizza than anywhere else in the world ricky hennison has the world record for most times caught stealing bases in a career he owns that record yeah he's by far and away the record for steals but he also has the most stolen bases in this case, for the pizza and the women, it's reversed. The stolen bases, the caught stealing way outweigh the... All right, my metaphor has gone shitty. You guys, let's start the episode. Skeptic Tank, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 176. The making of an adult de- Jay degenerate. Starts right now with Louis J. Gomez. Oh, here's a song. Remember this? Do you remember this when you were little? <laughs> <laughs> I did. The only part I don't I don't like that I'm not gonna put in here is the part where the guy fucking has a solo. The guy put together tries to become famous on it too. You ruin it, man. I'm not gonna leave that part in. Dangerous, dangerous. 
so mad they don't give a shit they don't care we're recording but yeah i feel bad dude you, you don't feel bad it's just fucking annoying i've dealt with this for two months with verizon i finally just got sick i'm like i'm getting time warner you guys are garbage i guess i still have verizon until then just shitty verizon i've never i've never seen you angry and when you get angry you you turn way more jewy yeah, I did turn Jewier. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was unfucking believable. <laughs> I mean, you go from just being Ari to fucking just your voice went up. You had like a yeah. Well, what you're, you, char- just- you're charging me money. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, he said he wouldn't turn my service on until next Monday, and I was like, you're not charging me until I was like, we can't credit you. I'm like, no, no, you can't charge me before you give me service. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure he just lied to you. Yeah, and then he said your service is active. I'm like, but it's not, I can't use it. Dude, you. And then he goes, okay, well, you won't be charged. Yeah, he just lied. He just lied. He he definitely lied to you. Here's the thing. He just wanted to get you the fuck off the phone. Yeah. And he knows he's never going to have to deal with you again. Never. God, I got to get the number and customer customer number and then ask to speak to a supervisor. Did you get his name? No, I didn't get his name. Yeah, dude, there's no, I'm going to tell you right now. Here's what happened. Um, You had asked them if you were being charged for service now since your internet service isn't actually yeah, active pick yet. up the box right now for yeah. time warner cable and then he was like yeah you're being charged because your service is on even though your modem isn't working they have to actually come in and set it up physically in person and then you got mad and turned into ari the super jew yeah and then he went oh yeah no no no, we're not going to charge you why'd i go down i said i'd go pick it up if i can put it on today otherwise mail it to me They're like no you can get it you can get turned on today your your apartment's already ready it's so funny because I'm kind of watching this from an outside perspective, and you're you're like a, a New York import now. Some things make me angry. The cable situation, but as you're going situation. through it, I'm going like, yeah, Ari, no, she, they have to come and physically set it up for you. They said it was turned on. They said the last tenant had had it, so we're already you're already registered. You're already in. They, that, I called on the phone. That's what they told me yesterday. I think that's like a I don't know, man. It's a New York thing. Like you, <laughs> you get here and you start to realize that. Everyone just lies. It just sucks. There's no competition. Okay, here's the way it works. I don't know the rest of the country, but in New York, you're zoned for certain cable. Yeah, yeah. You can only get you can only get Time Warner, DSL, Verizon, or Time Warner cable. Exactly. So because there's no competition. The customer service is abysmal. They don't give a shit. They'll literally just say, hey, go fuck yourself. Go somewhere else. Oh, you can't. You can go get a Dish Network and have that go out every time it drizzles. Um, oh, right. Or you can deal with this shit. But it's the same if you ever you know, ride a taxi or get on the subway. Well, you know what happens with taxis? Then Uber pops up. And they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, what do you mean, what the fuck? You were rude to everybody. You said, oh, I'll take you to an ATM if you can't pay cash. So I'll take you to an ATM right now, but you're not paying credit card. They refuse to take credit card. Oh, and crazy. then at some point, you're like... Oh, this, oh, this new industry popped up 
that you can rate the cab drivers. I didn't. Um, I didn't pay for a ta- I took a taxi the other night. Yeah. We got. Um, we. I had a twenty. I had a twenty dollar bill, dude. It was like a twelve dollar taxi ride. I didn't have change. Yeah. So we're in front of my place. And I'm like, a 20? Uh, I had a 20 for he, 12 and he didn't a, have change. He didn't have change. He didn't have $8 to give me. So, uh, he's like, Oh, sorry. I don't have change. And I was like, well, well what do you do? I was like, okay, I guess this is a free cab ride then. Yeah. And he had my 20 already. And he was like, no, 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 I'll drive you to a store to go get change. And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. It's and then one I o'clock gotta... in the morning. Do you think I'm going I'm to done. get change? Yeah. I'm done. Dude, you fucked up. You just learned your lesson. Your lesson now is I need to keep change on me. How do you handle it? I was just pissed off. I was like, go fuck yourself. How did he grabbed, handle it? Uh, what'd you say? How did he handle it? Oh, no, no, no. He, he didn't do shit. He just uh, dealt with it. That's it. So he took your money back? Yeah, I grabbed it out of his hand. I was like, go fuck yourself. And uh, with, uh, with Uber, by the way, I guarantee you within a year, they're yeah. going to put the kibosh on that as well. They're trying to already. Yeah, New York's not going to let fucking uh, independent people come in and make money without having their hands on every... They get their tax money out of it. They get their taxes yeah, out of it. Yeah, but there's not just taxes, dude. Those medallions on those taxis are like a yeah. million dollars. To get a medallion mm. on your taxi in New York City, it's a well, already they don't they don't allow people to go pick up from JFK or LaGuardia. Only Newark, With or vice Uber? versa. Only two out of the three. Yeah, only two out of three airports. You, Dude, can, even, you can even go to. You can't even get like a. Like they a, they, I mean I I would estimation. say within a year I could imagine Uber. Yeah, they're being, trying to do it with Airbnb also. Oh, yeah. hotel money I can't challenge that. It's like why hotels cost too much. People are willing to rent out their apartments or their rooms. Well, they do that. In my lease, it says that I can't do Airbnb. It says it can't do Airbnb, yeah. which I sort of understand because if my next door neighbor has just like a ton of people that aren't even associated with the building coming in with yeah. no repercussions, like I don't want those my next door throwing the truth parties is next you door. You just don't know who the fuck they are. There was that one comic, Ari Teeman. Um, it happened. This is a couple months ago. What happened? He rented out his apartment to somebody on Airbnb and they went under Craigslist and they had an orgy party in his apartment, <laughs> and he came home early. I guess I have something I that guess, was to a comic. I just heard about that. In it like was a comic. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a comic, and he uh, another Ari. Yeah, dude, and he came home and he fucking lost his mind. He did like a. It's like his biggest credit to date. Like he did O and A. He did a bunch of like radio shows because of it. But yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm not gonna let some random people forget that dude. What did Craigslist say to him? Not Craigslist. What did Airbnb say to him? Oh, they like they paid for all the damages. They like they they made it right, I believe, because yeah. um, they didn't want to make like a huge big deal. Because that's what people are afraid of. The the number one nightmare that you're afraid of with something like Airbnb is what happened to that guy. It's yeah. a bunch of people coming in and jizzing on your fucking sheets. I heard. Sometimes they had a sex ring, like a, um, a uh, prostitution ring. Yeah. Right out of it. Yeah. And by, by the way, dude, I'm a sexual deviant, so I understand why it would turn somebody on to come on my pillow. Oh, yeah. Like, I get, I get why it would make that person more excited. You know what I'm saying? Because there's something about that where we're you go like, place. yeah, dude, we're in somebody else's place. Dude, I want to fucking come on this guy's toothbrush. How hilarious is that going to be? Mm-hmm. I did oh, that yeah. once. I remember I, uh, my, my ex-roommate. Oh, you're an animal. Oh, yeah. No, this guy was a piece of shit, though. We, uh, we got into a, an argument as I was moving out. Um, and uh, it was his. It was like during a heat wave a few years ago in New York City. And the heat in New York City is not like anywhere else because it's crazy humid. You can you could just feel like the dirt in the air. Oh yeah, in the in the it's middle. It's humid of the and dirty. You're right. It's it's really humidity really has filth in it. Yeah, you could you could actually you could feel it. So it's during a heat wave. We get into this argument, and the air conditioner that was in my bedroom was his air conditioner. Like he had it in the apartment okay. um, when I moved in. So he decided to take my air conditioner out of my window during this heat wave. Just one day I came home. <laughs> 
and I got I have a Jack Russell Terrier, a long hair Jack Russell with just fucking dog hair and heat and dirt in the air. It was awful. It was a nightmare. So uh, yeah, dude, I fucking I jerked off on his toothbrush. Whoa! Um, I jerked off into his shampoo bottle. You didn't say give me my, give me that back. Oh yeah, we argued a bunch. It was all. I ended up getting arrested. It was a whole thing. Where did you get arrested for? I got arrested for jerking off into a shampoo. No, no, he never knew about that. Um, which I'm sure it's illegal. I'm sure you're not allowed to jerk off on people's toothbrushes or shampoo. Probably not. No, maybe without telling you. I know some lady, some like model, had somebody send her like some high high price shampoo, and he jerked off into it, and he got arrested. Yeah, I believe. And he was like, well, I just thought, I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, it's got to be assault. I know spitting on somebody counts as assault. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming if you, you know. Because when you spit, that it's got to start a fight. Oh. Like you're allowed to fucking punch somebody back if they spit in your face. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know what jizzing on them does, but yeah. Yeah, this kid, he was a piece of shit, dude. He was like, it's a Philly asshole. Guys from Philly, anybody from the ages so of. As soon as he got a heat wave, he just took away your air <laughs> conditioning. Yeah, he was an asshole. <laughs> so we ended up uh, getting to like this big, huge thing. And, um, I just, I did, I, we were arguing in front of his girlfriend and I just threatened him a bunch. Here's what happens. When I, when I get angry, you go super Jewy. Um, I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican. I turn into a real deal Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I say Papa a lot. Really? Oh yeah, dude. It's fucking hilarious, dude. It's it's actually really. Uh, I, You're degenerate at heart. When when people are angry or their backs are against the wall, you get to see who they really are. Yeah. So you now I'm realizing who you really are is this fucking old nebbishy super Jew. <laughs> yeah. And you're hiding that in this cool pothead. <laughs> just fucking come hip, out. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, hip guy I gotta thing. be aware of it. I'll like yeah, the yeah. Hulk. So when I when I Hulk out, I turn into a Puerto Rican. So dude, I what I started yelling at him was, I will fuck and murder you i will murder you motherfucker i will murder you and this is in front of his girlfriend a bunch of people in the hallway witnesses then okay uh his or my uh he had to return the cable box in my room yeah so uh what i did Who's was his roommate how'd you find him he's just some random craigslist guy oh. so i put a hunting knife on top of the cable box after i left and I just left it on top of the cable box, like an eerie, creepy, yeah, like, touch sure, this message. cable box, motherfucker. I dare you to touch this cable box. All of that shit is illegal. Everything I just did right there. You Even cannot... leaving the, the, the knife? Well, he called the cops, dude. I came. I guess with... that in addition to I will murder you really yeah. makes it. Well, he told the cops I pulled a knife on him and said I'd murder him. That was his story. But in reality, it was two separate things. I said I would murder him and I left, left my knife. knife on top of the cable box so he called the cops um they came that night at like four o'clock in the morning when i got home from spots they fucking arrested me wow dude yeah i spent like 48 hours in jail what jail just central bookings oh yeah of course let's be casual about it well i mean you no biggie all right you you smoke a shit ton of weed i promise you you are going to spend a night in in central bookings oh i too complacent dude i I was leaving with jay's house and with dave the other day and i was holding this pouch of weed this pouch of weed and another pouch of weed, and just like holding it out, you know, just like oh, I'm whatever. sure Dave flipped out. Dude, put that away. Yeah, put that away. I'm like, what? What? It's just a fucking bag, man. What if the cop is gonna stop and pull over and say, "What's in that bag?" Just a bag yeah. in my hand. Dude, listen to me. These guys no, get white. paid to arrest people. This yeah. is what their job is. They get accolades for being good at it. They get bonused for being good at it. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get arrested yeah. at some point. You will get arrested, dude. I'm positive. I've decided when I moved here, it's like, because when I heard that, what's his name got arrested for um, just smoking outside where Baldinger used to live, Jay's place now? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Wayne Rada. No, Wayne got arrested? Wayne got arrested. We've all been arrested for smoking weed. Everyone you know has been arrested for smoking weed on the street in New York Jesus. City. There's not a single person. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna uh, happen. I was like, dude. Well, then I'll get arrested. Do you you smoke weed on the street regularly? 
I mean, more mostly I smoke weed in the apartment. But right. sure, I smoke weed on the street. But all you'd the have time. no problem pulling out a bowl just smoking it. Absolutely not. Walking. Okay. Absolutely not. You are one hundred percent gonna spend a night in Central Bookings. Just be prepared for that. I want you to. But here's the thing. It's Do okay. you know who my father? No. <laughs> you know who my brother is. That's better. They won't expect that. Do you know who my brother is? You seriously want to do this for weed? Are you kidding me? What's your What's your name, officer? Dude, they will literally have you in a chokehold, <laughs> stomping you to death within a minute. You saw that big black dude that just they literally murdered on the streets of Staten Island. They didn't murder him, did they? Well, they just chokeholded him. He well, was he like died. his hands up. Oh, he did die. That guy died. Yeah, from, yeah. Tra- from like his trach being. Was, like- look, it's, no, he had a heart attack. Okay, he was a four hundred pound guy. He was resisting arrest. He was resisting. This is the reality. Yeah, they of the showed situation. pictures because they didn't want to show the video. Of it's him, like, sad. Pushing. I saw the video. It's a sad thing, dude. Here's the thing. Apparently, it was a nice guy. He was selling illegal cigarettes, and he's just he's kind of just that dude who's always yeah. there. And there was a fight that broke out, and he got involved. I guess he started breaking up the fight. The cops came. He tried to explain his case. They were like, we don't give a shit. You're being arrested, too, because you were fighting, Um, which apparently I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was trying to break up the fight. And then he was like, you know, and you see it in his face. He's not lying. He's like, he's like, dude, I didn't do anything. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm here. I'm just, I'm not trying to be trouble. And the cops, they fucking say, sorry, you're going. They go to grab his hand. He pulls away. Another one grabs him. He's pulling away. Dude, he won't. He won't just go down. Dude, if the cops grab you, just fucking go down, dude. The thing is, when they say resisting arrest, they're lumping in so much with that. Resisting arrest is like, what does that mean? Like not getting in my car when they try to grab at me? It's like, pull, like naturally you pull back. That's resisting arrest. I'm like, all right, all right. Here's my hand. Dude, and once again, maybe this Punching is just... Should- uh, the difference, you know, the difference between being a, a Latin man and being a white man. Yeah. But if the cops fucking come at me and yeah. say, "Hey, dude, stand right there," I just stand still. Yeah, sure, I'm sure I would too. I'm, I, look, but you do. But I, my natural reaction if they pull it, it's like, hey, I got arrested with uh for smoking weed on the street years ago with this chick, Katie. Yeah, and she had the same exact attitude. That she Katie was, she, uh, from. Uh, did you meet Katie? No, is that the one we were talking? Oh no, 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 no. Okay. not not from that. This is a okay. different chick. Okay. Um, I got arrested with this chick for smoking weed, smoking a joint in the village, just walking around, just two normal yeah. people. We're not thugs. We're not like animals. Um, and then she had the exact same attitude. She was like, she was like, "Are you kidding me? You're going to arrest me for smoking weed? You guys are all idiots." And she's like, she starts going off of them, and I'm like looking down. I've just been through this before. I'm like, Katie, what are you doing? Now maybe you catch a cop in a good mood. Maybe he'll give you a ticket. You're ruining that. Yeah. You're ruining that fucking opportunity, dude. Yeah, I always do that when they pull me over. I'm always apologetic. I'm like, yeah, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I did not realize that. I, I, I do apologize. Yeah, dude, you got to you gotta play the that thing. The thing is, game. it's supposed to be decriminalized. You're supposed to just get a ticket. But well, now no. they're like, we'll give you a ticket, but we'll arrest you first, take it on a central booking, fucking keep you in a paddy wagon for six hours. It is and decriminalized. Say, it's not illegal to possess marijuana in New York yeah. at all. It is illegal to possess marijuana in public in New York. If the second you take it out of your pocket, you've committed a crime. Oh, really? An arrestable offense. Oh, fuck. Yeah, well, dude, I take it out of my pocket all the time. Don't take it out of your pocket. If, they, here's what they can't do. If Let's say you are walking down the street. They can't just check your pockets and arrest you for having weed in your pocket. Right. They can't do that. Up to, I think, like an ounce or something. Yeah. But if you take a joint out and smoke it on the street, I, in front of Eastville, uh, while Beatrice was pregnant, while my chick was pregnant, yeah, she was working at Eastville. She's like six months pregnant. She was smoking reefer? No. I go outside and I uh, go to smoke a joint um, by myself. Just yeah. like a little, little, like half a joint that I have. There's an Asian dude standing on the block. I was like, all right, there's, Asians aren't cops. Fuck that. So, Asian cop? Dude, as soon as I finished it, he walks up, pulls out a badge, three more cops roll up. 
And um, luckily, they didn't take me to bookings that night. They just brought me to the precinct, but I was hosting a show. I was in the middle of so hosting like, uh, a show in Eastville. Somebody's got to go in there for me if you guys are going to yeah, do that. Yeah, dude. I had a call for I had a call B, and I was like, B, I'm being arrested right now. She just fucking hung up the phone on me. They had to get Aaron Berg to finish hosting the show. She just me. hung up on you? Yeah, she just hung up on me. She was furious. Um, That's who and, you are, man. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, Your look, she's hood. pregnant with my child. She doesn't want me getting arrested on the streets of New York City. I get why that would make her upset. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, dude, and here's what the cops will do. They lie. You can never know what the, to believe with them because they'll yeah. lie to you because they don't want you to like, they don't want you to put up a fight. Right. So what they'll do is they'll say, hey, look, we're just going to bring you to the precinct. As long as you don't have any warrants out, we're just going to let you go as soon as we get there because they just want you to go calmly. Like, okay. They don't want to deal with any shit. It's like comic club bounce. Like, let me talk to you outside. Right. And, and then, then the doors close. You're just not getting back. You're in. not getting back in. Yeah. And that's, um, they do that every time, even if they are being real even if they're planning on taking it to Central Bookings, they'll just say, hey, that's we'll let the you go spiel every time. And I've just been arrested so many times for smoking weed that I didn't believe them. Because all that does is make you go willingly instead of like... Yeah, well, you go, all right, like, well, let me be cool now because these guys are being cool. Just to calm them down. It's the, it's the type of thing where after two hours, they give you a cigarette because then you go, oh, that cop was so cool, man. He gave me a cigarette. But no, he's fucking holding you against your will right now in a cell for smoking a plant. Right. So he's not actually that cool, <laughs> yeah. but they make you kind of feel that. Um, but yeah, that's what they said. They said, we're just going to bring you to the, uh, the precinct. As long as you have a warrant, we'll let you go. And they did. I was there for like two hours and they fucking $50 ticket. No, it's like 180 or something like that. 180. Yeah. Something, something crazy, but it's going to happen. It's a game of numbers. Ari. Yeah, sure. You're going to be smoking a ball. I guess one so. Day. I guess so. But how, what's the numbers? What I are mean, the numbers? You yeah, got to, right. the problem is you smoke. Like if I smoked on the, in the street in front of like Jay's house, like in the porch, be a nice place to smoke. Just go yeah, to the yeah. porch, smoke a bowl there. Wow, that's any cop could roll by. There's a also, precinct there's a cop, yeah. on the block. Yeah, What's exactly. funny is Eastville is right there. This was the precinct that they brought me to. It was literally a oh, block really? away from Eastville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know what the... There's a ratio, though. There's actually... It's, a, it's the law of averages. You, in the world, there's only a certain amount of times you're going to be able to smoke pop before a cop walks by and catches you. And it's actually a predetermined ratio and a predetermined number that's already there. So you're just waiting to hit that number. No, that's not how statistics work. No, that's it is. Like, aver- that's average. So some guy will get caught the first time he ever smokes pot. Somebody else will go 25 years without getting caught. You're 100% right. I'm just saying that if you continue to smoke pot on the street. That I will get caught. You will 100% get caught. It's, it's <laughs> will you be there thing. telling me something I told you so? I'll probably get arrested with you. <laughs> yeah, good point. They're pro- no, what will probably happen is I'll be with you and they're going to say, we got to take one of you. And before we could even talk, they're going to grab me because that's happened Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. That's happened to me with Big J that happened with me. He told me he was just, he rolled the cigarette officer. <laughs> and I didn't want to do it. He's he's or maybe like he said it was he said it was safe. I, I've never tried this before. He's a Latino who's. <laughs> let's, just, let's just. I don't even know facts. this guy. I don't look even know how I got here. Brown, white. That's fact one. Fact two. Arrest him. Have you been in jail for anything? Uh, no. Like not even a cell. I mean, I've I've gone to visit like a jail before. It's <laughs> like a, a school trip. project. Yeah, like the FBI. We go to the FBI and they show us our holding cells and stuff. Yo, dude, it's so funny because you are, you do so much. Even watching you deal with the cable company on the phone, I go, yeah. like, I can imagine you <laughs> just getting into some shit. I know the shit you do at airports with the TSA. Yeah. You always have fucking weed on you. Yeah. The fact that you've never been arrested is. I yell at the TSA. I get into fights with them with weed in my bag. You're out of your mind, dude. Why? Free American. I like to live like a free American. Yeah, but here's the thing. You guys are all just faking it. I'm living like a free American. I'm saying, I'm not going to smoke in a cop's face, but as much as I can, I'm going to live like they promised me I'm supposed to live. 
Yeah, but what's going to happen like is you're going to end up being the. Um, I'll learn my lesson once I get arrested. I'll learn my lesson. Obviously, right, you're going to be the wrong end of a, a cop being like, "All right, dude. Well, you know what? Fucking, I guess write a complaint to my uh, to my commander because yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kick you in the Same fucking ribs TSA. and arrest Same you for thing no with reason." TSA. Fill out a complaint form, hand it to me. Mm-hmm. That's the process. Like, but you were the asshole. You're not going to pass it up. Like, well, it's the only course of <laughs> action you can have. Yeah, man. It's uh. uh it's like that, that black guy on Staten Island died. It's like, no, he no, he shouldn't have been put into a chokehold and shouldn't have been taken to the ground like that. But that's going to happen. How many times day. have you been arrested on your, in your career, in, in your life? In my career? Oh, shit, dude. I mean, almost all of them have been for smoking weed. Yeah. Um, How many fights have you been in? I haven't been into... People think I get into a lot of fights. I don't get into fights, really. In fact... <laughs> you just use your ethnicity against people to quiet them down? The same night I got arrested for threatening my roommate yeah i got into a fist fight earlier that night oh that whole day was crazy you cycling on roids this was no no dude this was the last fist fight i've been in actually yeah um this it was a long it's like five years ago or um yeah no yeah i had met i was with beecher so maybe three and a half years ago four years ago um me and dave smith were at a show at eastville um and there was just these these drunken people came in at the end right at the end of the show during Dave's set um and just the girl was being an asshole she was, it was just, just trying to talk every minute not even heckling just being drunk and oh, obnoxious yeah. so like the center of attention Dave starts slamming this chick and he slams her hard he's, he's fucking crushing her the crowd's loving it because she's an idiot dude she, yeah. she's got no chance disrupting the show he was doing great the show was great it was a packed out house um, they weren't in like because look a lot of times if the show is shitty you're on a shit show people can get away with that and then you get the other audience members going, yeah, this place kind of sucks. Who gives a shit? But yeah. when, they're, when they're having a blast and then this bitch comes in in the last 10 minutes of the show and starts to ruin it, everyone was like, fuck this chick. Yeah. But here's the thing. She didn't get that she was even being slammed. Oh, really? She thought she was winning this thing. So she's just so <laughs> drunk. Like in her mind, she's the worst people to deal with. Because you're like, I'm, I'm mocking you. I'm embarrassing you. They're like, yeah, I got you. And you're like, no, you did. Yeah, she thought they were laughing with her. Uh, she thought they were on her side. Why are those people still in the room? So it's you, like, do you police your room at all? You're watching her, like, her fill up with more confidence, like drunken idiot confidence. <laughs> so she's like, she, it was such a, a weird thing. So we go outside after the show. And the chick is just in Dave's ear yapping, just calling him. She's saying he's not funny. She was saying, she was like, you don't do political comedy the right way. Like John Stewart, he does it the right. And he, she keeps on saying John Stewart over and over again. So at one point, Dave's like, dude, get this fucking bitch out of my face, dude. If she says John Stewart again, I'm going to lose my mind. And the one guy, the, the, there was a fat guy and a gay guy with her. Was there? Yeah. And the fat guy says to Dave, he's like, hey, man, don't talk to her that way. Like, why? Why would you defend her when you know she's being horrible? Right. Well, that's the other thing. Of color. Especially as a dude, you kind of go, and we've all been in that situation where you're with some obnoxious cunt, and you realize, no, she's going to get your fucking ass kicked, bro. Yeah. You're going to get into a fight because of some obnoxious twat that you're probably trying to fuck. Because there's a TV version of, like, you're supposed to stand up for a woman. Yeah. Because you're white and, and that's shiny, as simple as that. Army. No, the truth is the fat guy was probably trying to fuck her, and he, he had to stand up for her. I had another situation. Another time, a girl said some shit to me, and then uh, I said something to the guy, and he took me aside and whispered in my ear. He was like, dude, I'm just trying to fuck this chick. I'm not trying to fight for her. That's so. great. And it was awesome. Great. I was like, all right, dude, I get it. And that, but he, he still had to act like he was defending her. Mm-hmm. He still, but I respected that. Sure, say what it is. Yeah, dude, be like, hey, dude, I really want to fuck this chick. So I, I, I hate it when you're at a you. cl- bar or club or something. And somebody's like, somebody's like, fuck you, then no fuck. And they get into an argument. And some other guy, but like, hey, man, watch what you say to the lady. And you're like, dude, have you never met a woman? Have you never gone out with a girl? 
you don't know what it's like to be driven into a rage by them. Like, <laughs> also, what do you think? Just out of the blue, we just calling somebody a cunt. Just when you get to the be blue. the age of like 30, 35, I think this is right around the time where you start to go like, oh yeah, I understand why that guy punched that chick. Oh yeah. You know, or you, you, don't, you don't immediately go like, oh my God, a guy hit a girl. That's the worst thing on earth. You go, well, let's examine what happened here first. Because girls will also change the story in order to get guys on their side. I hear girls do this all the time. And I, I even heard it really obvious the other day. Some girl was talking about somebody on the subway. Not to me. But she was like, I mean, I'm not friends with Bill anymore because like... He just, I mean, some stuff happened, and then he just started yelling at me. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! You just, you know, in your head, you just skirted over a lot of stuff that's going to help illustrate the story. Something happened. Some, I don't know, whatever. And then he just, like, you just want people to hear he just started yelling at you. Fucking evil. Anyway, so these guy, uh, the the gay, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to this? Yeah, he says something to Dave. Dave's like, "Go fuck yourself." I forget exactly how it came to the point where the gay kid started yelling at Dave. Um, and I'm just watching this all happen, right? So the gay kid's like, what are you going to do? I'll kick your fucking ass myself and I'm skinnier than you or something that, like that to Dave. And then I saw red because if you threaten my friends, that's that, oh, yeah. that bothers me more than you threatening me. Yeah. Somebody could just say, them too, not just, yeah, dude, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a weird thing. You know, my boys are my boys. And if I ever see one of them in trouble, I will immediately step up. That's just, it's just in me. I just saw red. As soon as he said, I'll, I'll kick your ass. I was like, really dude? I was like, well, I'm bigger than you. So what the fuck are you going to do? Um, and then, uh, the chick smacked me in the face from the side. As I'm looking at this gay kid, she comes over and smacks me in the face. And I go, bro, if she hits me again. And what I was going to say is I'm going to fuck you up. But as I'm saying it, she fucking hit me again. <laughs> Calling you an idiot. Dude, and I dude, I just drilled this gay kid in the face so hard, dude. Really? Literally, he came out of his shoes. Like, he was wearing, like, flip-flops, and he came out of his flip-flops. I grabbed his <laughs> flip-flops. I threw them across the street. And then Dave and the fat guy were just face-to-face, so they just started going and, like, grabbing each other. And Dave hit him in the ribs, and then... Wow. A bunch of people broke it up. But, that, yeah, that was the last fight I was ever in. You was, can't slap the girl back. No. All you can do is punch that gay kid. Yeah. She's slapping you, and you can't, like, stop her from slapping you. You yeah. can't use your physicality to stop her from slapping you. It's, yeah, I um, think she would. That's equality to me is you can backhand her. Yeah, look, that's why I say I don't, I'm not just going to blame any dude yeah, exactly. for hitting a chick. You know, Look, if you put your hands on another person, expect them to put their hands There's on no you There's no one back. just going around calling girls bitches just yeah. randomly screaming at the top well, of their lungs I should say that them. look that'll happen you know my chick was I on the guess. subway the other day and there was a guy that was uh, she was with a stroller and she was on uh, texting while she was waiting the subway was pulling in Yeah, people weren't even off the train yet and she was on her cell phone texting with the baby with her and this guy pushed her out of the way, like a, a white dude in a suit and he was like uh, and she was like excuse me and he was like well maybe you shouldn't be a fucking cunt and be on your phone like that <laughs> I mean, literally, for no reason. So I'm not going to say that that no, the it city happens. Breeds animals, you know. But it's like, I don't know, dude. I feel like you. I would never hit a chick. I've never hit a chick in my entire life. Literally, never even. Not even like I've even grabbed a chick hard or aggressively. I, I don't. That was just always instilled in me. But but hit plenty of dudes. What? Go ahead. If you're a fucking chick and you hit a dude, I think he should be able to hit you back. Yeah. I will never. That was one of the best things that got the got Jersey Shore started when that girl got punched in the face. What happened on Jersey Shore? It was early on. Snooki or one of them was like screaming in this guy's face, like "fuck you!" And this guy just punched her. And you're like, you know what? Take sexism out of this. That guy was way beyond justified in <laughs> yeah, punching man. whoever was coming at him that much. 
Yeah, dude. If uh, punched her. Beyond that, dude, in a place like New York City where you don't know who's crazy, who's you don't scary. know who's got a blade, dude. I had a lesbian pull a blade on me one time, and I was like, all right, dude. Well, no, I should have drilled this bitch in her mouth before she had an opportunity to pull a blade on me. Yeah, you know, so you don't even know, man. A blade. Yeah. What a fucking overly dramatic way of saying it. Hey, um, <laughs> when did you start doing drugs? Um, I didn't smoke weed the first time until I was seventeen. Yeah. I was like straight edge. What about the rest of Oh, that's why you have that Suffer shirt? Because you're a straight edge no, that, emo that, hardcore band? I got that for $5 in the basement <laughs> of Yellow Rat Bastard. They have, uh, in the, if you go to the basement of Yellow Rat Bastard, which is pretty close to here, dude. They have, Where's Yellow Rat Bastard? It's on like Broadway and Soho. Dude, they have, the entire basement is all clearance um, graphic tees. Oh, really? For like five and six bucks. And they have thousands. It's crazy, dude. Wow. It's crazy. That shirt you should throw away. I did not cut realize it up and use that that's actually a, uh, it's a CrossFit shirt. I yeah, no I idea. know. It looks like a fucking, it looks like a yeah. douchebag shirt. Something Big J would like, yeah. his, his other fans of, like that he's a fan of the same band, pretty they would heavy, wear those shirts. Pretty heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't do, um, I didn't weed smoke until weed until I was, yeah, What about was the other drugs? I think I tried cocaine for the first time at like 18. I went pretty quickly from being straight edge to just saying, give me everything and put everything yeah. in my face. You ever try heroin? No. My Damn. mom was a heroin addict, though. Hey, what's the deal with your mom? So you were raised by your mom because your dad died? Yeah, I was. my dad was murdered when I was four. Who murdered him? Uh, Puerto Rican. Are you still... Are you, are you at all like Batman? And you're after the... Murderer? No, dude. I, look, did they dude, catch him? I got jokes about it in my act. Yeah, they caught him. He's, I think he's out of jail now. I think it's like oh. twenty years. Here, here's the thing. You know, I don't know. All you get, you get the story from your mom, which is your dad was coming home from work and he got mugged and he got stabbed, oh. and then the smoke clears. You become an adult and you start to put the pieces together. And no, my dad was a drug dealer. My dad was involved in some pretty crazy shit. Oh, and he he got into fucking a gang fight, dude. My dad was stabbed in a gang fight. My wow. dad so might have been the guy stabbing. Story. What's that? So weird that I tell you a different story. What are you going to do, though? I mean, when, I had a comic when you were a died. kid. Yeah, this comic, Freddie, who died, he had, a, he had a heart attack. Just didn't wake up one night. Mm-hmm. Was sleeping out that night at a friend's house, and the friend just couldn't wake him up in the morning. And um, they were like, oh, just had a heart attack. But it's like, no, it's years of coke use and pills and whatever he was on that night. We don't even know. But right. they're like, no, he was just a heart attack. And you're like, how does this help anybody? You knew he was doing tons of blow. Like well, the wife and the friends. You all know. So why are we pretending it's not what it is? It's like a, you know. Protect you, the dead. When you're in a state of mourning, you know, you want people to come in and go out of this world in the best light possible. Yeah. You know? And I get that. You know, I read a thing the other day, just some fucking Dear Abby article online. Some dude, um, I guess his wife had died and on her deathbed, uh, they, never, they never had kids. And on her deathbed, she admitted to her husband that she had two abortions and was taking. Um, the pill? The pill for years. Oh. And she fucking died that way. And then he, you know, he had to deal with that at the same time as mourning her death. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of funny on the other end of things, like leaving somebody with that. Do you ever get afraid of that? Like when you die, like any little secrets that you have in the world, anything in the I don't get worried about emails, that, but that's interesting. I, I don't really hold any secrets from my chick anymore. Yeah, or, they had that Hotmail had this thing where the family of, of somebody wanted his passwords. So they could tell everybody that he's gone mm-hmm. and they could like... And they're like, uh-uh. Like, he's gone. We're the, we're the father and mother. Like, and he goes, they're like, we don't know what secrets he didn't want you to know. Right. His private email is private. I, he, even he if I could, will. if my chick died tomorrow, I wouldn't even, I would literally just delete the email account. I, why, why even you search sure you for do that, that No I way. Think, 
I really would, dude. I wouldn't even want. I would literally rather have a good memory of our experience in our life together than to deal with mourning the loss and then to deal with any other little bullshit. Did you ever or- see the Descendants? No. Oh, that's what that was all about. It was Hawaii, I guess, but it was it was George Clooney. Oh right, yeah. yeah. His wife, I guess, she, did she cheat on him or? Yeah, and he found out after. 2011. It's been three years. Too late for a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> uh, you've had your, you're ha- you've had your chance to watch it. Um, yeah, found out she was cheating and had to do the figure it out. But she was already gone. He started to mourn for her, and then he's like, what? "Oh wait, what?" But she's gone, so she can't even he can't even yell at her. And he goes, "Am I supposed to love her forever?" This probably would have broken us up. It's dude. It's uh, I, now I kind of want to see that movie yeah. because I think that's a really that happens early on in the movie. And then it's like, well, what? A, like if they had broken up t- like a month before she died. He'd be like, oh, well, whatever. I ah, might have been bitch. happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> Good but, riddance. Yeah, but after, are you supposed to mourn forever? I don't know, dude. I Look, I, I was, I, yeah, we're comics, dude. So we yeah. deal with mourning in a very different way that other people do. Yeah. You know, I found out my mom died um, and I was on stage that night, you know, because that's what we do. Yeah. We go out there and I have to, you know, I have to feel good about myself. People say it's therapy. Comics have to get, go on stage as therapy. But I don't think that's, I think that misleads people. I just did some interview where someone was like trying to see what all comics are. She goes, mm-hmm. oh, you're all doing therapy. I'm like, no, it's therapeutic. Right. The same way, you know, finger painting is. Right. To get up and do it. But it's not like we're working out our problems on stage. No, not at all. I mean, look, to to a certain degree, I think there are guys that do do that. I think that's how the only the only time they will talk about certain things in their life on stage, yeah. is on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think there's a they disconnect. You watch, you know, any, any comic who's not funny off stage and not personable off stage. And then they go out and they just fucking they open up completely. You know, maybe that is kind of their therapy. But yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's not even the subject matter. It's the gratification and it's the attention. So it's like you, whatever it is, maybe I feel bad because my mom hit me and my dad was murdered, right? I, there's something in me now that seeks the attention and approval of strangers. You know what I'm saying? So I think that oh. that is kind of an outlet for that attention and that approval. Oh, right, right, right. So that's the therapy. It's just having people laugh. Yeah, ju- yeah. just that alone, just ha- having that. Um, Almost like you go on stage, have everyone applaud, and then leave. Right. Like, oh, that's nice. That felt it's good. A, it's, it's as simple it as that. It does feel nice when a bunch of people are laughing at yeah. a joke you made. Wait, your mom beat you? Yeah, yeah. Dude, How my come? What did you do fucking, wrong? Um, every, I mean, dude, my mom was an animal, dude. My, my mom was a heroin addict. She's Puerto addict. Rican, too? No, my mom was white. Okay, heroin yeah. addict. Yeah, my mom was a heroin addict. Um, you ever see her shoot up? No. I, here's the thing, dude. Once again, when you're a kid, you don't notice. You don't realize what the fuck is going on, dude. I thought my mom had back problems, so that's why she at night would take, uh, she would drink a little orange bottle of liquid, and she'd go into bed and lie down. And she'd get groggy, and I couldn't talk to my mom for the rest of the night because she'd fucking be in there smoking cigarettes, falling asleep, and almost lighting the bed on fire. <laughs> um, but I thought it was her back medication. And until I was like 12, no, I literally had no idea. Then we're sitting there watching the evening news one night when I'm like 12 years old. And they have on conveyor belts these little orange liquid bottles. And it, you know, the, the, the news story was something along the lines of, you know, methadone users are no longer going to need to use it. There's this new miracle drug. And I was like, methadone? And then I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, that's what you drink. And then she kind of just like stopped and it was a really awkward, weird thing. And I was really hurt. You know, it, it, dude, when you dude, that's all you have is you have the, the image of your parents of being these great people. Perfect. They're perfect. You know, and you don't even realize when your mom's, you know, beating, cause she, she beat the shit out of me ever since I could remember. She, um, yeah. You almost give them the excuse. And when I've actually gone to therapy and talked about this, like I would always say to my therapist, I was like, well, she had me when she was 19, you know, 
I have a kid now. I can imagine at 19 years old having to deal with that type of responsibility. You know what I'm saying? But in reality, I'm just giving her a pass. It doesn't matter. It still wasn't my fault that I was a kid. She just still shouldn't have beat me for dropping a glass of milk, you know? Right. Yeah. It's not um, your fault. But you, you see your parents or you, you kind of just see your life. It doesn't seem as bad as it really is. Um, and then in retrospect, you go like, all right, man, I kind of had a fucked up childhood and a fucked up upbringing. I heard Coolio talking about it on the old John Stewart show. Um, and John Stewart was doing that self-deprecating thing, you know, most talk show hosts do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I didn't really have any problems like you had growing up in a ghetto because all I had to do with like, you know, somebody stealing my lunch money or something. That was the mm-hmm. worst it ever got. And Coolio was like, same shit, man. Drive-bys and that to the kid. It's the same thing. Yep. It's like, that's the worst guy. That's the worst guy. Like, yeah. you know, it seems way worse now that my friends died and yours didn't. But like, yeah. When you're in it, it's <laughs> you having, it. having the worst day of your life is still just the worst day of your life. Yeah. You know, you don't that's have-, have people like white people problems or first world problems. Like, yeah, man. Yes. Well, that's where we are. And that's who we are. So, yes. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I, there's like, still problems. I think that's it. I have, I have major like issues with race, dude. Like, like I was, I was raised in an all white household. My dad was murdered when I was four. The mm-hmm. only Puerto Rican person in my life was murdered when I was four. And I was raised <laughs> by all white people. Um, I remember one time, like my grandmother, uh, my great grandmother Rose, we were at the Thanksgiving dinner table and, uh, she, uh, I guess the kids in the neighborhood, they used to call me a nigger and throw rocks at me. And, and it was, I lived in a crazy really? white trash neighborhood. Yeah. And my grandma Rose, was like, well, you know what? It's not his fault that he's a nigger. Hmm. About me at the Thanksgiving dinner table. <laughs> and you're like, wait, why am I a nigger? <laughs> well, I mean, no. In, in reality, I just went, oh, you know, she's right. It's not my fault that I'm a nigger. Like, that's, that's what was going on in my head. I remember in kindergarten, um, the wow. first day of kindergarten, everyone kind of racially segregated naturally. It was a very natural thing. Very weird, dude. Wow. Like, literally, all the black kids sat at one table, all the white kids one table, all they the Hispanic naturally kids. do that? Naturally, and now they won't. Now it's all assigned seating because they don't want kids to do that. Right? Kids will just go and naturally hang go out with, with people own. that look like themselves. That's that, dude. That's that's just nature. So I remember, I all, everyone was sitting. I walk in and I just sat with a table of white kids. I was this little brown kid that just plopped myself in the in the table of white kids. So I've always had like real like identity issues and like issues with race. Um. So it's kind of funny you mentioned like the whole like you know white white people problems or first yeah. world problems. You know, I just, I, I always, I picture you as white. If it makes any difference, I know you do. Well, cause I hang out with mainly white people and I listen to rock music and, Oh, do you? Yeah. I list, I thought you listened to the paella music. They're like, just when I want to dance, bro. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man. But I've, I've always had like, uh, I don't know. I've always had like issues with like race and just kind of dealing with that. How'd your mom beat you? What'd she do? Um, with everything, dude. Fists, hands, yeah, fists, fists. She punch weapons. Yeah, dude. Punch you in the face. Yeah, hundred percent. How old were you by then? Eight, seven. She started that. Wow, dude. My, Is because you were big. And first she- of all, people don't even realize this. People start spanking their kids as young as like one. It's kind of crazy, dude. And I, I would never put my hands on my kid. I'm super against spanking. I'm all about peaceful parenting. Um, and it's probably because I came from that. How's your kid now? Still zero. He's a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. Year and a half. Yeah, dude. And, um, yeah, I remember one time my mom was fucking, she was kicking my ass when I was like six. And I just remember even at that age going like, yeah, she's an adult. I'm a kid. That's not right. You know what I'm saying? Like I, not only that, like I even, I can't hit her back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a weird, even no. That's why same reason you can't hit a girl. Well, I was never able to, even when I got bigger than her, I never hit her back when I was 15 and 16 and she would beat the shit out of me. I would never hit my mom back. I could take her pretty fucking easily. 
but you, there's no option. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. When your hands are tied like that, like all you can do is cry. My mom would hit me when I'm like 14, not hard enough to even hurt me really anymore because I'm a man at that point. Um, but the frustration of not being able to do anything with that aggression, you would just start crying, you know? And I walk around today very willing to fight strangers for nothing. And it comes from that, dude. It, it all comes from being programmed by my mom, by her hitting me over and over again for not acting the way that she wanted me to act. She programmed me to be this guy that I am today. And I'm terrified of doing that to my child. Like, I, it's so weird to me. I don't, I, I was saying this the other day to Dave Smith. It's like, I don't know what the right answer is with my son. Like, if somebody comes up to my son and shoves him, yeah. I don't know what to tell my son to do. Because my instinct is you drill him in his fucking mouth and you make sure he never shoves you again. Yeah, that's not right. That's not right. Yeah, you don't want him doing that. Or do I say, no, walk away. I mean, just, you know, you know, be, be the bigger man. Yeah. That sounds like a bitch ass. But also it's too. like, you're not, you're not training him for when he's 34. You're training him for when he's like six or 12. Dude, it's, you know, you're training I, him for more childhood. Dude, I'm, I'm seriously, dude. It's a weird thing. I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. You ever do think here. about just giving him up for adoption? No. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, you can't, I don't know, man, I can't, um, I don't know what the answer is to that. And it, it all comes from this anger that I have inside of me. I, I, I think the answer is mixed martial arts. I genuinely do. Really? I genuinely think it's getting him into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, getting him into Muay Thai at a really young age, and putting him into a position mentally where he knows that he does not need to fight anybody because he's fine. You know, me, I'm so used to being hit and not being able to hit back. That's programmed into me so much that I need to prove that I could hit back. That's why you get into fights. And that's why, and like I said, I I haven't been into fights in a while, especially since I've had a kid. I've been really trying to curb that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I remember the other day, this happened like a month ago. um, I was walking my dog in front of my building and um, there was a, uh, there was a black dude in a car. Yeah. Just kind of sitting there. Trouble. No. And, um, I made eye contact with him and he made eye contact with me and new it, friend there's no not new friend not minorities <laughs> okay. dude minorities when you make eye contact with minorities then it becomes this weird alpha male pissing contest between I try to do two. this thing if I see if I see a minority and I make eye contact I go what's happening I go that's, a, that's probably night, a huh? better fucking game plan my reaction is what's your problem what are you looking at what are you looking at and they're like what are you looking at that's exactly what happened here each other. and by the way that's probably how my dad got stabbed to death it was yeah. probably I. they gazed into each other's at? eyes uh, you turned and you're nice like actually you were, yeah um, but it was kind of funny so this moment happened I said what are you looking at he said what are you looking at and then I stopped and it was probably the, the most the most adult like thing I've ever done in my entire life yeah. I stopped and then I started laughing and I was like, man, I was like, I wasn't looking at you. You weren't looking at me. I was like, we would, we just happened to look at each other. And then he kind of laughed and he was like, yeah, man, you're right. This is stupid. And I was like, yeah, I was like, people fucking die for this shit every day. Just some stupid shit. Yeah. You know? And it was, it was he, what he said to me. He was like, he was like, oh, I thought you thought I was a cop and you were going to let your dog shit and not pick it up. <laughs> so it was, it was literally it was just stupid dude it was just stupid and people fight over shit like that every day people get murdered over shit like that every single day but now I, I'm really trying to turn a corner in my life and just not be the dude who, who makes it go to that position yeah yeah my friend Don is like that where he's always like talking about how it's not his fault he got some road rage thing and somebody maced him or somebody that yeah. I'm like Don no one else even gets in that position right they just walk away you chase this guy for seven blocks Yes, he shouldn't have done this, but you're putting yourself in these positions. You don't have to. 
That's it, man. And you know, it's uh, it's yeah. A hard tell your thing, kid dude. just to walk away. I, I view those people as barking dogs, and you ain't gonna reason with a barking angry dog. You just walk across the street and then keep going. You know, part part of me wants to fucking beat that barking angry I know. dog down, though. You know, like literally, like I walk around, you I want watch to prove people to them that they're wrong, but you're not going to just being fucking assholes every day, and you want to just. At the end of the day, you want to just make it a little bit better of a place. You're in my world. If, I don't give a dude. If you're being an asshole in Washington D.C. right now, I don't give a fuck because you're not in my world. But if you come into my world and you're an asshole, I have a very hard time walking away and not pointing out that you're being an asshole. Yeah, but you have to. Uh, whatever. That's it, man. But yeah, the, the the thing with my kid scares me the most. So that's why I think I got to get him get him into MMA. Get him <laughs> into fighting jits. early, dude. Yeah, seriously, man. He's telling you it's not I harmful. heard Matt Hughes do an interview a long time ago. Um, about just, Jesus? Just talking about... about how Jesus is the way and the light? Just talking about being a shark uh, amongst fish. Mm-hmm. He, was like, you're, he was like, when you can fight, he was like, everyone else is a fish and you're a shark. You don't need to prove that you're a shark. Right. It's as simple as that. Shark doesn't care. Yeah. Doesn't give a fuck. I'm a shark. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm going to do what I want to do. So I, and I don't want my kid to be a fucking, you see those kids in like the, the tap out commercials with the Mohawks and they're Mm -hmm. they're like, they look like assholes. They look like they're mean bully kids. I don't want my kid to be that kid either, but I definitely don't want him to ever have to have that fear. I like how the people are like, you got to know how to fight. And I want to be like, why, why do you have to know how to fight? Have you been punched in the face before? Yeah, it hurts, but like knowing how to fight wouldn't have really stopped that. I would have just gotten up and there would have been more fighting instead of like, that's over now. Well, I mean... It uh, only leads to fighting. It doesn't lead to stop fighting. I, I disagree, though. I really do. I think it does lead to stop fighting, dude. If you if you know how to defend yourself and you know how to take care of yourself, I think you're just you're walking through life with a different outlook on the world. You're, there's oh, well, not- that, yeah, but it doesn't lead to more fighting. It might make you more confident. When but I was in the middle of jits, when, it would, when it would you do, do karate as a kid, yeah. they talk about that confidence, and I never really got what they meant. But I think that's what it is. You're I not think scared it's, all the time. You know how those girls are like, yes, yes, all women or whatever. They have to I walk my keys in my hand to, to stab at somebody's eyes. And you're like, yeah, imagine now never having to feel like that. That's it, dude. It's you way na- better. You nailed it right there, dude. Think about how it feels to be a woman. Yeah. Actually, and that's how men feel. Sometimes. I was listening to you on Rogan's podcast. Actually, uh-huh. I was. It was you on Rogan's podcast. Um, it was a great episode. And you guys were talking about um, Jessica Simpson, uh-huh. and I guess how the security guard let a fan into the elevator with. Oh yeah, her, I remember that. Uh-huh. And she kind of like flipped out and was like, "What the fuck?" And it's like, "Yeah, dude, when you're a woman in the world, this guy can just take you, just grab you, and like you can just be taken." Think about yeah. it, that feeling. I, I, I was uh, jogging with my dog um, a month or two ago. And I ended up making a wrong turn and going through like a project. Yeah. And there was all these thuggy dudes with pit bulls, like two pit bulls, big, scary looking dogs. I got a little pussy Jack Russell Terrier. Um, and they're like thuggy, dog. thuggy dudes in the projects like on the, in East Harlem, like yeah. real deal thugs. Is that where you live now? I live, yeah, I live in East Harlem. So as I'm jogging with my dog, I'm thinking, I was like, wow, dude, these guys, they can just unleash their dogs. They can kill my dog. They can put a bullet in me. They can beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and I, was, I had this fear come over yeah. me. And then I was like, wow, this is how women fee- feel every time <laughs> they walk down the street. Yeah. To be a woman, that's life. You're yeah. like, this guy can take me. This guy can take me. This guy. So I get the whole like. Yeah, you're weak. Yeah, dude, just fucking, dude, listen, get into some self-defense classes. Dude, there was that one chick who they were giving her shit. She was the. Um, she was like a Miss USA or whatever it was, but it's that J Lo movie when she was married to some guy and then she fought back. No, she her answer was uh, they were like I forget what the question was, but she her, she basically said 
that women should learn self-defense um, so they can protect themselves against sexual assault on college campuses. That was the point of what she had made. Uh-huh. And feminists were up in arms. Wow. They were losing their minds because they were like, well, no, no, men shouldn't rape. We shouldn't have to defend ourselves. Men shouldn't rape. Yeah, like, you're true. right. And until that's cured, let's, uh, let's go ahead and defend self-defense. ourselves. Yeah. Let's not fucking... Uh, Let's not just to prove a point. I'm not going yeah, to defend myself. You're not saying, well, it's women's fault for not being able to defend themselves. It's like, no, yeah, men are assholes for raping. <laughs> of course. Tr- try to not let them do that. It's like carrying mace. Same shit. Like, what do you mean? You shouldn't have to invest in mace because. There was that. Uh, there was another video of his dad. Yeah, people, feminists are so weird, dude. Like uh, the dad was teaching his daughter. They're not very logical. Women aren't very logical. So it's hard for them to make arguments. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> there was a guy, the dad, who I guess uh, was teaching his daughter um, self-defense, and he videotaped it. Mm-hmm. And the, I guess her brother was in her guard, and she pushed him away, kicked him in the face. And he was going over it over and over and over and over again. And these fucking feminist bloggers, they pick it up, and they're just like, you know, this is sending the wrong message to our women. We need to 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 create an anti-rape culture and. It's like, uh, dude, this has nothing to do with culture. It has nothing to do with rape jokes. There's like, nothing great. with anything you else. Think that dad's gonna do it for you. That dad's going to create the anti-rape culture? How about you guys worry about that? That's your goal, creating an anti-rape culture, and let this guy tell his daughter how to not get raped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, dude. And, and the, the truth is, I don't even know if the amount of resources and time you're putting into spreading the message for an anti-rape culture, you know, dude, I don't know, dude. That seems nature. like a pretty stupid, intangible thing. It's, it's just... Nature. Even before, even before there was... My feeling is, even before there was like media pushing you know uh, sexual uh, i guess inequality or whatever it is they say creates a rape culture there was already rape before there was any like culture i think predates culture there was men taking yeah by the way and we're if if anything we're moving further and further away from a quote-unquote rape culture no i think there, there was more of a rape culture in the 50s where you could spank your wife for not acting right oh, yeah. and then fucking raper yeah they not get arrested it was, it because she's your wife right. yeah well i mean you have to give it up for him so yeah it's not, yeah wow that's that's a weird time when did you start fucking how old were you start fucking i was uh 15 no no, no no i'm sorry i was 16 i it was six days after my 16th birthday who was it it was this chick Kristen, who became a heroin addict later on um yeah no uh she was like a gothy chick i lost my virginity to cemetery gates by Pantera. Oh, really? Yeah, great where, song. Where? At my my house. Cemetery my Gates by Pantera. Yeah, solid song. I don't know that one. How's sing it? How's it go? Um, I have a terrible singing voice. Mm-hmm. Even though Somewhere. I'm sure you're going to come and see me and Big J in the musical that we're both in now. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I know the lady who's producing of, it too. Yeah, Michelle, sweetheart, mm-hmm. super cool. Um, Believe the words. But I'm with my soul right out the cemetery gates. That one? That sounds like a that sounds like a suffer song. Yeah. From that t shirt. That sounds like someone, <laughs> someone No, I don't well, know. Well the, the girl that was underneath my two hundred and fifty pound fat, sweaty fifteen year old body was suffering. You so. were two fifty at fifteen? Yeah, dude. I was I was a fat kid, man. I wanna know how you became such a degenerate. I'm not a degenerate, dude. That's all just rumors. Okay, Here's hold the, on. No. Let me tell you a few stories and then tell me if you still think the person I'm talking about is not a degenerate. Okay, go ahead. Did you ever reclaim a condom out of a trash can so that you could use a condom to fuck someone at a comedy club? No. You never reclaimed, took someone's used condom and said, oh, that's the only one. I'll put this one on. Nope. I went raw. 
Oh. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ran a train on, the girl, on a girl in oh. the bathroom at Stand Up New York. Yeah. And I raw dogged her, I think, second or third in the group. Because oh, I was she trying to use the condom? She, she wanted to <laughs> reuse the condom. That's what happened. No, and it was with Dave, actually. Dave fucked her, too. And she wanted... Martin fucked her first. Dave fucked her second. Literally, I'm... Uh, Dave was hosting a show. This is exactly what happened. My buddy Martin fucked this chick. She was a slut. She walked in, basically said, I'll fuck you in the bathroom. So Martin told Dave this. And then Dave was like, oh, shit, dude. I'll fuck this chick. So he was hosting the show. So <laughs> while I'm on stage, he fucks her. I didn't even know this was going on. He He's hosting. He goes to get on stage to bring me off. And he leans in and whispers... Dude, there's a girl in the bathroom. She's fucking everybody. Go do it. And then I just got off stage and went down to the bathroom and fucked her. Immediately go down. That's, I, that's a degenerate. Uh, that's a little bit of a degenerate. Yeah. But like I said before, right. dude, I'm a sexual deviant. And like literally, dude, I, there was a time in my life where I couldn't even get hard unless I was videotaping the girl in secret. Really? Like it was like I was fucking like I, I have real issues, dude. My mom, I tell you, heroin addict, prostitute. I walked in on her fucking Johns. Like I'm telling you, I have oh, weird, really? I have she weird... was a prostitute? Yeah. Your mom was a prostitute? Yeah, she was no joke. Who pimped her? I don't think she was pimped. Freelance. She kind of, yeah. Just did it on her own when she could find work. Yes. Did you ever think of getting her? My mom? Yeah. She's probably too costly. How much was she? I don't know. She probably wasn't too costly, honestly. She was, yeah. like, she was doing it at your, at your apartment? <laughs> yeah, dude. I walked in one time. Oh. And you block it from your memory. I walked in and she was fucking my sister's godfather, um, who was like an old, old man. And... I just remember I was like three maybe and then I brought it up years later I was like hey remember that time like when I was like six or whatever I was like yeah I walked in and you and Tom were naked and she just smacked me in the face and I almost like I blocked it out again and for years I didn't even think about it again dude it's <laughs> Back so to blocked yeah. yeah dude so weird um, but yeah so that that story no I did not put somebody else's condom use condom on my dick that's crazy she offered she said she offered it to Dave and he he was like no way but you didn't do like you never fucking ran Trains on girls or never had in trains on or... anybody. No, I grew up differently than you. I didn't lose my virginity until way later. Oh, that's right. You were really old. You were like twenty one or yeah, twenty three. Yeah. Um. Uh. But also, okay, were you on a date with one girl and then you went down to finger another girl in the bathroom? Stand up New York for you has been really quite a spot, hasn't it? Dude, when I started comedy, it was under. Um, that was your comedy store, I guess. That was Stand Up New York back in the day. It was managed by Wayne Rada, who is. That's when I got in there. Wayne yeah. was the first guy because I knew him from Boston. Was he at Boston? Yeah, the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah, yeah, and he was pretty cool with me. He was like, you know, send me a tape. I did. He's like, okay, um, you know, put you on. He gave me guest spots when I came, which was yeah. nice. And then he went to Stand Up New That's York. The first time I hung out with you was at Stand Up New York. We went to yeah. Nick's Diner afterwards. Me, you, and Dave. Ago. Yeah, me, you, and Dave. Yeah, yeah. Nick's, where's Nick's Diner? It's not there anymore. Awesome, Big Nick's. Remember, they had like a, it was like a book. The menu was like a oh, book. Yeah, it had everything. Wait, where was that place? It was like two blocks from Stand Up, but it closed down. Oh yeah, I me- so I remember that. I have no idea where it My was. My favorite place in the Upper West Side. It, it closed down after like fifty years. It was crazy. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, Stand Up New York. We started there, and Wayne Rada didn't give a fuck. Wayne Rada came from like the old school comedy days under Barry Katz. Yeah, he loved the idea of the comics using the club as kind of their own degenerate playhouse. So he created that environment. You would go down to the basement of Santa Barbara. You made York. it known. Oh yeah, you go to that back room. You smoke pot, smoke weed, coke. Didn't matter. It was all done in the club. If you wanted to fuck a chick, you could ask him to get access to one of the rooms. None of it mattered, dude. So you got to understand, we, and then I was also running shows there. When I first started comedy, I also ran street teams and ran shows, and I was bringing in like 80% of the business to the club. That's how it should be. Find yourself. When you're a young comic, just do whatever you want to do and find yourself. Yeah. So when I was yeah. doing that, 
the club would almost, and I wouldn't say kiss my ass, but the, I was like, cause you were the street team. I ran the street team. I they ran are, people don't understand street teams are except to the stand and, and the seller street teams make comedy clubs in New York. There's a few others that don't really use them that much. Which one? Uh, Caroline's doesn't use them. Gotham doesn't use Caroline's them. that failing club. Gotham, that failing club. Stand uh-huh. up New York. Stand, what's the other one on the other side? Uh, Comic, Comic strip. They have a street team though. They do. Yeah, okay. They do. They're, they're the most failing. Yeah. Uh, the strip is a street team. Stand up New York. And I, I started doing this. Caroline's does not have a street team. That's good. No, they don't. Yeah. That's good. Um, these guys, they go in Times Square. If you ever walk in Times Square, you're going to get accosted by literally two or three. Hey, you want to see a comedy show? Hey, comedy show. Do you like comedy? Ugh. It's the worst, dude. And when, and that's, that's what I did in 2001 when I moved here. That was my job. When I was 19 years old, I sold tickets and then I just started my own business doing that. And I was one of the first guys out there that had a, a big, t- I had 30 guys that worked underneath me that were selling tickets for. How much did you make for that? I was making like a lot, like $3,500 a week, $4,000 a week <laughs> when I was like 22, 23. What? Lived in a huge. That's before you did comedy? Yeah, and then here's what happened. I, I, I was running street teams making a shit ton of money, just thousands and thousands of dollars. I lived in downtown Brooklyn, panoramic views, huge loft. As they have about my apartment, my loft in downtown Brooklyn. It's, wow. It would be like an $8,000 a month apartment now. It's crazy. Um, and I was making a lot of money. And then I started producing shows. As I kind of got more exposed to it, I was like, oh, I want to put on my own shows as well. So then I started paying out my own budgets and making a lot less money because I wanted to be a producer. And then I said, well, no, I want to actually perform now. And then all the money Even went less the money. Window. Then, yeah, then, I, then my focus stopped being on bringing people into comedy clubs and it started being making people laugh. So oh, yeah. You had those shows at Stand Up New York. There, you had yeah. a show like every Monday or something, every other I had every No, I had four shows a week at Stand Up New York. I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, late show, and then Sunday. They were all my shows. Wow. So I was like, I, I was, when you're a young comic, you shouldn't have the type of confidence that people like me and Dave had. <laughs> but we had like unlimited stage time. We had paid work. Four was, shows a week at one club. And they were packed, dude. And they were packed out shows because my street team was awesome. So we just were in, it was a really weird situation. How much did the street team guys get? Hourly? No, they would make a commission. They would get like um, 50 to 75% of whatever they made. But that's all changed now. All the street team guys now, they get all the money. If if you're ever trying to go to a comedy club in New York City and you get approached by a street team guy, just realize he can sell you the ticket for a dollar. There's no restrictions. They get the tickets from the clubs. They actually get a kickback from the bar. Off of their tickets because they say in. they're going to be a two drink minimum. That well, that means you guys can make twenty dollars. We get three of it. Yep, exactly. So that's the way it works now. It's all off of kickbacks. Back in the day, the street wow. team guys would sell tickets. They'd make a commission off the. But it, dude, it's it's really a it's kind of a bad, sad state of affairs. The comedy club promoting industry. If you walk through Times Square, it's just people yelling lies at you. They'll literally look you in the face. Chris Rock's there tonight, $30 each. Oh, yeah. They just lie about who's going to be there. And then they come to the sh- clubs, to the shows, and they're like, is Chappelle? When is he going on? He's like, yep. he's not coming to LOL. That's it. Like, what? We were told. I got ripped off. And then the attitude of the clubs, because they're disconnected from what's going on, is they're like, why would you believe this guy? Because yeah, he had your fucking T-shirt he's speaking on. speaking on behalf of you. He, he didn't tell me that he works for some fucking crack addict. He told me that he works for you. Yeah. You know, and by the way, no, Chris Rock does come to comedy clubs every night in New York City. Maybe not this one, but you can see Chris Rock for ten dollars at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, probably two or three times a month. If you go to a show at the Comedy Cellar, you'll see Chris Rock or Jerry Seinfeld or Dave Chappelle or somebody on that caliber. Louis, yeah, for ten bucks. So no, these tourists aren't crazy. These tourists, they they read. 
Time Out New York or Billboard magazine and you, you hear about Chris Rock popping into these clubs all the time, you go, oh shit, we hit gold. We found a guy who has tickets for Chris Rock he for 30 He knows Chris bucks. Rock is coming. Ugh, there's so much scammers here. I went to, to, to Empire State Building with a girl that's visiting and as you get closer and closer, like, hey, tickets, tickets, get them from me. And you're like, why would, why would you not be a scam? Why would I not get them from the place I'm going to anyway? But they get people to buy them all the yeah. time. Just runs on the idea of a scam. So you can get those things from, from that guy for a dollar. You get them for free, technically, because they get a kickback. If you listen to me, you should never. If you're buying tickets, better, okay, because to them it's better than not giving it out. If you walk by and don't, then they make nothing. They make nothing. Yeah, they can make some. They they're looking for marks. They're looking for tourists who marks. they can connect with and they can they can take advantage of. Yeah. Um, and if they see that you're weak and that you're a little bit gullible, they'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. Here's the thing. This is sales. And I've done sales for a long time. My last job, I sold gym memberships for, for a while. Um, you, all sales is, is connecting with the person, figuring out, um, how to align your product with their needs better. So if you're willing to rip people off, you could align your product with their needs pretty easily because you'll say whatever the fuck they need. Right. You know, it's like if you're selling a gym membership, it's like, oh, well, what are you looking to do? You're looking to, you know, you're looking to tone up. You're looking to lose 10 pounds. All right, well, maybe we'll put you with this personal trainer. They specialize in core conditioning. You really got to work in your core. You're trying to align them up with your needs. But if you don't give a fuck about their needs, then whatever the fuck it is, dude. I mean, do they tell, tell people? Them. They tell people all the time. Like this, like this fucking Time Warner guy. Fine, you won't be built. Yeah. You just said I'll be yeah. built. No, you won't. Which, by the way, you are going to be built. I want you to know, know that. I you're know, 100%. 100% going to be built. I should have stopped and said, like, how do I know? What's your? I should have stopped and asked them. I'm 100% I'm going to be First built. First of all, you shouldn't have even gotten to that point with them. You should have said, second one, the second you get on the phone with Time Warner, you say, can I speak to a supervisor? Yeah. They, uh, what, can I help? No, 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 you cannot help me with anything. Can I speak to a supervisor right now? And that's it. Because yeah. they can't make any decisions on that level. Why deal with the people who can't make decisions? They're going to eventually have to go to supervisor anyway. Yeah, you're dealing with a gatekeeper. All you're doing is you're dealing with a gatekeeper. So just skip that whole step. Yeah. But yeah, the, those guys, if you go, they, they tell people that for 20 bucks, they get two free drinks and the ticket to the show. Because like, it says two drink minimum on the ticket. So people don't know what that is. That's like an industry term. If you're not familiar right. with comedy clubs, you have two drink minimum. What does that mean? Oh, that actually comes with two drinks. Oh, that's a good deal then. Cool. Here. It's <laughs> a good deal. 20 bucks, two drinks in a show. And they show up so angry. And then, then we deal with it. Hole. Then uh, dude, I have like three Yelp reviews right now because I was just on a show that the people were ripped off. They weren't happy to be there. Luis J. Gomez has a Yelp review. There's a couple Yelp reviews. What do you mean? Go on Yelp right now. There's one at Eastville. And Yelp, Luis J. Gomez? or Yelp? Just, uh... Yeah, do put- Yelp, Luis Gomez. Do the Eastville one. That one's great, dude. Uh, it's going to be deep down, though. I don't know if you're going to be able to find it on the fly like that. Gomez with a Z, right? Yeah. Because L- the people L- write L-U-I-S. L-U-I-S. Eastville Comedy Club. LOL. And then a few other ones. Oh, there's, there's more? The two. Eastville, LOL. But the, I don't know if you know these, these other ones. D-R-O-M. Blue Note. Zoma, Cornelius Street Cafe, Simply Wanda. No. Oh, no, no. I think those are other places that that person reviewed. Oh, I get it. Well, I just put Luis Gomez. I don't know. They don't respect my J. Reviews. Uh, let's see. I would love to read this. Because this is what we started doing once in, um, in LA. We realized that um, people do review stuff. So you try to figure out whose bits they're angry about. Because oh, they, they don't know the names. They never remember their names. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. But that's what happens. These people are ripped off, and then we have to deal with them not being happy in the show. And then they go to social media. They say these comics suck. That's another thing. It's like, dude, if you're uh, people that are fans of comedy, it's like, how would you? How long ago is this? Is the one from Eastville? The Eastville one is. I haven't worked Eastville in years. I don't. I don't talk to that fucking guy anymore. Marco. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I wonder what. Wh- where's your name in it? Uh, it's, I, I know that it's, they said, uh, she said, the MC Luis Gomez, must have employed a junior varsity football team to write his punchlines for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like when they're creative and funny. Nikki Glaser. One star. I thought I was getting Nikki Glaser, but she never showed. <laughs> I love these. One of my favorite comedy clubs in the city. Eastville is a very small comedy club, a little dingy looking. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be deep down, dude. I think she said she came to see Nate Bargatze and Amy Schumer, but then she had to deal with me. So <laughs> I love these. I gotta read more of these. I usually been writing reviews and places twice. Ah, here we go. Here I usually we go. Refer- okay. one star. Megan P. Let's see her face. She's eating corn, I believe. Yeah, corn on the cob. I'm probably somewhere eating an elote P. I usually refrain from writing reviews for places until I've been there at least twice. In the case of Eastville, I won't be back. Nate Bargatze and Amy Schumer were the only reason I had any fun at all that, that, that night. For two really funny comics. I appreciate them. I'm pretty sure the MC, Luis Gomez, employs a high school JV <laughs> football team to come up with his clunkers he tries to pass off as his jokes. <laughs> clunkers. Yeah. Am I a comedian? No. I also don't go out and get paid to tell jokes. And Well, in all fairness, were you getting paid? I was emceeing, so I was being paid. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Am I a comedian? No, for actual comedians. I know stand-up is difficult, but it does take talent, and that guy has none. Oh, that, luckily, that line was actually a little hurtful. Yeah, none. Luckily, the majority of the audience agreed and gave Lewis the crickets he deserved. I can't say she's lying there. I don't remember the show. Dot, 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 dot. A lot of crickets. Sure, it's cheap, but there are there are other cheap comedy clubs with a lot less homophobia and racism are so funny. Am I right, people? Are you there? Am I right? Dead silence. Eastville, please put more effort into getting a good MC. He ruined my night. Wow, now here's a problem. How is it one star if Nate Bargatze and Amy Schumer were the only ones, only reason you had any fun that night? If you had any fun, that's at least two stars. First of all, just the idea of anybody, anybody who goes on to Yelp... Just sucks in general. Twice. Just look, you, you just you just suck. I, I mean, you're reviewing people's fucking restaurants. I mean, who are you, dude? Like literally, people that review things suck. Critics yeah. suck. So you are a volunteer critic now because <laughs> everybody wants to be important. The internet has made everyone important in their own world. Yeah, because the ten people who read that thing are like ten people who read their thing. So yeah, like, yeah, I'm a star for these people. I, I I don't know. It's like I, I started writing Yelp reviews, but they were all based on my my experience as a pothead. So I'd be like, there was like a cupcake shop. I'm like, it's pretty good. Many varieties of cupcakes. The only problem is not much room to back up. So they ask you if you need any help too much when it's really making <laughs> me feel weird. And I'm like, I need about 15 minutes here. But you're too close to, to be able to get that's, that That's time. really funny, actually, yeah. though. Like, look, dude, I, I don't know, man. I um, You shouldn't go to a comedy club and review <laughs> comics. Also, anyway, I don't think co- comedy is not the type of thing to be reviewed because there's so much nuance. And there's yeah, so like, many. All their comics sucked. Literally, Nate Bargatze, I watched Nate do a joke one night and I just use him as the example because you named him he'll do a joke one night and it will annihilate and then the next night on a comparable size audience crickets. it will get crickets yeah. so how can you review that 
You know, I if remember you, that it, once. It, yeah, somebody from the audience in the comedy store saying this guy, uh, Reggie McFadden. He was like, he's like, I got a Reggie McFadden story, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, he goes, that guy sucks. And I want to be like, I, I didn't even talk to him. I want to be like, maybe tonight, but that guy killed. Like, I definitely, he does not suck. He definitely does not suck. Maybe you thought he did tonight, but. Yeah, it's like, I, I think, I literally think they should take all comedy clubs off of Yelp just for that reason yeah. in itself. It's like, it's not, it's not, if you are, if you feel. You should as only if, be able to review the food and the, and the. Ambiance or yeah, whatever it is. how nice the But if you are. feel as if you are, um, you know enough about comedy that you can review it. Yeah. Then you should know that comedy shouldn't be reviewed because every night is different. I wonder if the movie theaters reviews have the bat. Well, Tom Cruise is a terrible actor. Oh, that's hilarious. Like do you think they do? Pro- probably, honestly, people are fucking retarded. When I when I first started producing shows, though, um, Reggie McFadden was somebody that I had known of before. I, when I was a kid, I saw Reggie McFadden on Def Jam when I was like um, ten or something. You know, yeah. <clears throat> and he had a bit. Um, he had a bit about um, how Jeffrey Dahmer. It was very easy for him to kill young black kids because of their egos. He's had to sit in his basement and like yell up from his basement, hey, nigger. And then they'd come down and be like, who said that? And then he'd kill him. So that was a joke. Really funny. When I was yeah. a kid, I, I, that really, it always just made me laugh. And um, he was one of the guys from Def Jam that stuck out. And he wasn't really famous or anything. So I'd never even thought about him since. I just knew his name because I've repeated that joke so many times as a kid. So I remember when I started producing shows, I was like 21 years old, um, just randomly. One day, I get a phone call. He's like, hey, man, my name's Reggie McFadden. I'm a comic. I'm trying to work your room. This guy gave me your number. And I was, like, blown away. Because at the time, I was still kind of, like, wide-eyed and, like, oh, my God, dude, these are professional comics. He's calling me. Now, you look back and you go, oh, no, dude, he did Def Jam years before. He was still trying to pay his rent. He was still trying to get stage time. He was still just he was a, yeah. uh, just a comic in the game still. He never really even popped or got to that next level. In fact, I think he's selling, like, blood diamonds right now in, like, the Caribbean. He's really? gone. He's out of the game completely. Oh, no. But, um, yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was kind of a, a cool little thing to, like, have him call me up and be like, oh, shit. I called my sister. I was like, Reggie McFadden just called me. It was uh-huh. fucking nuts. Um, oh, dude, I remember another time when I was producing a show when I was, uh, oh, dude, first, did I ever tell you my Todd Barry story? Uh-uh. Dude. Todd Barry? Todd Barry, yeah. Uh-uh. Um, Todd Barry's a, uh, an amazing comic. Um, so funny, like, one of the best joke writers of our time. And uh, another guy that I knew of before I started producing shows. Yeah. Um, so I was really pumped. Linda Cork, who used to be the booker over at uh, New York Comedy Club. She died a couple years ago, but... Oh, cool. She, um... Yeah, she she got him for me. And I was so pumped. I was like, I got Todd Barry on my show. This is crazy. I knew him from <laughs> Comedy Central. Um, and if you know Todd Barry's demeanor at all, he's very quiet, kind of reserved, a little snarky. Yeah, got it comes a off as like... Yeah, it's a little bit like nose in the air type of attitude. Super nice guy, but it's just that. Just his, his face and his voice. His you energy. Like, you think you're better than me? But he's like, right. no, I'm just standing here. It's the type of guy where <laughs> you have a casual relationship with him. For me, like, I'm sure he has a lot of very close friends, but just in the comedy scene, like, you don't really get too close to Todd Barry. Yeah. He's just that dude. So almost a, a similar quality to Italics. I actually think Italics way more approachable. But um, Todd Barry's waiting to go on stage at the side of the stage, dude. Um, and the, the MC's on this before I ever started comedy. I was just the producer of the show. So I walk up behind him and I start massaging his shoulders. What? And I whisper in his ear, I was like, Hey man, you nervous? <laughs> and he just turned around and looked at me and he was like, no, I got it. <laughs> and that was my first experience with Todd Barry. And then I told him that story like two years ago. I told him that story yeah. and he just goes, all right. 
And that was that. <laughs> he doesn't even know what to say to you. He didn't fucking... Uh, what were you expecting? Some better reaction than that? I'm like, yeah, man, I remember that. It was so weird back then. Yeah. Well, no, I thought... Because at that point, I know Todd fairly well now. I figured yeah. he'd be like, oh, yeah, man, you were such a weird kid. But he was just like, yeah. All right. Weird guy. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, um... I'm trying to figure out what, what turns you into such a degenerate, but you don't think you are. Do you think your kid has calmed you down? It must have, right? Yeah, the, he's, I mean, I'm, I don't, you do, it's, it's such a different world. Um, somebody said that. Was it Seinfeld? I guess he said, having, having a kid and doing the Tonight Show, you mm-hmm. walk in one man and you walk out another man, you know? And that's it, man. You, you walk in and you're this selfish dude who you're just living life to live life to, get your next paycheck or whatever it is. And then you walk out and your entire existence becomes making sure that this person has the absolute best chance in the world to have everything. Yeah. You know, and I think when you take the, when you take the focus off of yourself and you can put it into something a little bit more important, I think that when they, when people talk about it being a catalyst, like Louis CK always talks about how his kids were kind of what made his career. He started talking about his kids. Um, I think a lot of that has to just do with the mental place you put yourself in when you do not have the option to fail anymore. Like I, I believe in that hippy dippy shit. I believe in the secret. Oh, I believe right, in right, like right. the the power of suggestion. Dave still has the power to fail. Yeah. So he's like sometimes like eh, fuck it. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Oh, I get it. It must drive you more for that. The rest of it sounds awful. No, look, dude. Yeah, look, changing diapers sucks. Like when when people talk about parenting being hard, they don't explain to you what it is. If any of you are out there trying to have kids or have kids, you know what I'm talking about. But don't do it. um, Look, it's hard, but changing diapers is not hard. You know, fucking giving giving him a bath is not hard. Feeding him is not hard. That stuff all becomes just habit. It's tying your shoes. Tying your shoes for the first you know couple months of doing it was hard. That was was really hard. You don't think about tying your shoes. It's not hard to change my son's diaper. What's hard is the things we were talking about earlier when you say, I don't know what advice to give my son. Yeah. Walk away or punch that guy in the face. Or like we can't do this podcast yesterday because I'm like, oh, I got the kid. Yeah, no, well, that, that's, that, those things become a little bit harder, yeah. but that's not even what I'm really talking about. I'm talking about on a much different emotional level. You are spending, like, dude, I'm worried right now. Like, in my head, I'm doing this, but in my head, I'm going like, my kid could be dead somewhere. Right. That's a very real thing, and you don't have that in you. I mean, I guess people would that. Yeah, it sounds really bad. It sounds really bad. That's really hard. fear about someone else's safety. That's really hard. I'm yeah. walking down the street with my son and just being terrified that a car is going to jump the curb and hit him. Oh, yeah. That's a, that, that happens every day in the world. You know, and that. You never feel the same way about Beatrice. What if. Uh, like, oh, no, something might happen to her. No, you just don't feel not, that way. She's not as helpless as a kid is. Dude, Kids you, are helpless. this is part of you, dude. I, I can't explain. I was never even a big kid person. Even now that I have a kid, I see other little kids and I'm just constantly smiling at them. Like, if I you love could go kids back and now. do it all over again, would you have pulled out that night? Um, no. I, no, because, I, because, I, because it's my son. Yeah. And knowing, just even the thought of not knowing him yeah. is heart-wrenching to me. I mean, he's yeah. the best thing in the world to me. So, no, I would never change anything. But, you know, look, I understand why... People do say that. They say, I could, if I can go back and change things, I wouldn't have done it. I get why it was a lot. Still my life was a lot easier. Now you're living in, in fucking Harlem for this kid. Yeah. Jesus. It's not that bad, though, dude. I don't know. I, I've, lived, I've lived in the East You already village. said it was terrible. No, it's terrible because there's not any good restaurants. And, and there's then, people with pit bulls everywhere that you yeah, think are going to kill you. If you turn into you. the pro- I don't live in the projects. I live on a nice block. Project adjacent. Yeah. 
Wow. What advice did I give you when I found out your kid was you were pregnant? You didn't even give me advice. You looked at me in the eyes and you said it, it, it was a demand. You said, "Dude, abort it and right now, go." <laughs> you need money? Did I offer you money for yeah, it? Yeah, you offered me money. I was like, "No, I'm not aborting the baby." And then you came back like uh, six months later. You didn't even know I had the baby. You're like, "Did you abort it?" And I was like, "He's in the other room. <laughs> He's here right now." Because <laughs> when I found, I was like, "Oh no, you got her pregnant." I was like, "Wait." How how far are you? And you were like two months. I was like, oh, oh, there's still time. <laughs> it's like the Wizard of Oz at the end when she finds out everyone's still alive. So you, you can still do it. Yeah, but you, dude, look, you you know, I, I get. It. I think you you said to me, you were like, yeah, you're gonna end up quitting comedy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. so far, all it's done is made you move further outside of New York. Yeah, I'm further away from the clubs, but I'm getting up more now. I've been on TV three times this year since i've had a kid i've been on tv three times and like i got my own radio show access access tv uh uh last comic standing oh yeah last comic standing and uh oh was that before house yeah, party it was before no 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 that that show was before i had the baby but it what was show? it was fucking uh crime scene reenactment show i play a mexican cult leader it's pretty great but since i've had a kid i've had those things i've got my own radio show on sirius xm yeah. um i mean no not that i'm it that's your further along your career that's why you're getting that shit but more time went by it's also it's all i truly do believe that having a kid does act as a catalyst to some people some people i think you go oh fuck dude i gotta, I gotta go get a day job now and i have to make money and make sure the bills are paid um but i'm the type of person where i just use it as kind of motivation yeah yeah that makes sense i guess you don't ever want kids, dude? No, I don't think. I mean, I don't want to say I don't. I will never want kids, but right now, I don't ever want kids. I think that's. I don't uh, want to have them when I'm fifty. I don't podcast. want to have them when I'm seventy. I um, I think that's like a fucking mental defect, like a dysfunction in your brain. I think that, as I was saying, I was talking about gay people actually. I was saying that I think that they have a, a defect, a mental defect, not because they want to fuck dudes or you know they want to fuck people of the same sex. It's just because I, they don't want to reproduce. I think reproducing is just the most natural, instinctual thing there is to do. Um, and I think if you do not want to have kids and the idea of reproducing makes you go, fuck that, um, I think there's something in you. The same way that... Well, isn't it natural also to have a kid and then, wa- then leave? That's the natural thing. Spread your seed and then walk away. Yeah. I don't think... Is that natural? I mean, you're talking about caveman times, right? That's where the natural goes down to? I yeah, you just, the... you just fucking leave. You're supposed to have kids with lots of different women. That's the most natural thing. I don't, I don't even know Spread if that's true. I'd have to, I'd have to do more research about that, but I, more than look, none? I know that we have endorphins that are released in our body. When you have sex. Well, no, when you hold a kid or you look at a kid, you have oh. endorphins that make you want to take care of it. This is why when you see a puppy or a kitten. Oh, maybe it is a mental defect. Or maybe I'm an X-Man. <laughs> maybe you're a mutant. <laughs> yeah, and I've gotten extra powers. Not like, to dude, be a... I don't want to have kids, yeah, but I have like, retractable not, claws. Yeah, held back by the yellow sun. <laughs> uh, I'm also not held back by the need to fucking show this thing that I've made. Just making a model airplane. Taking it around. Look at everybody. Look at this model airplane. I put this. I put these clothes on him today. Look how he's dressed. Yeah, it's just you got to. I don't know, dude. I, I have nothing to be proud of. You know, you probably had trophies and shit. When trophies, you were a kid. yeah. Most improved player, sportsmanship award, <laughs> uh, team win for a championship as junior varsity or middle school. What's basketball. your What's your best trophy? Um, the the one that you actually are the most deserving of. Because I have a bunch of participation trophies. Oh, I have right, a bunch right, of, right. you know. Sportsmanship and shit like that. I think it's either the Olimiata. What's that? It's uh, me and Avi Schneider and my brother and, and Ruby Schneider had, um, we went to putt-putt and played a bunch of the games, like the 
like the pop and shot and uh, the football throw thing. We had to get through the hole yeah. and putt putt and ski ball. It was just like a day of Olympics. Okay. And then I won that twice. It's nice. Yeah, thank you. It's good. Um, the Lazy Boy Championships. That's that's up there. The basket. We won the championship middle school when I was in when I was in eighth grade. That was that was pretty big. Basketball. Yeah. I mean, we I scored six that game. It's good. It's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. That I was so responsible. Good day for, for the Sh- the Shafirs. Yeah, and then um, that might be it. Oh, I had a backgammon crown that I won a couple times against Ami Butler. We made a crown out of <laughs> tin foil and stuff, and whoever won would get the crown. He has the crown now, though. Well, gotta go get it back, dude. Yeah, I gotta get it back. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I think one. No, one I have trophy. two. Most two things that I've beaten. Uh, like two things that I've mom. ever won. I've well, I got most uh, most imaginative car for the. Uh, you know, Most the, imaginative car. You know, in Boy Scouts, when you they give you like the the block of wood and you have to like sand it down into a car. Pinewood oh. Derby. No, you're not a oh, Boy yeah. Scout. No, it's not a Boy Scout. A Cub do they, Scout let, for do a they let Jews be Boy they Scouts? Do. They do. It's a very Christian like society. Sort of, it is. Yeah, yeah, they had them in North Carolina where I was a Cub Scout. Okay, so yeah, that that one. Um, basically, I just painted the block of wood and, and made a skull on it and called it Skull Crusher. I didn't sand it down and do shit to it. And, uh, yeah, they gave me the most imaginative award. Because it was the least imaginative. Dude, I didn't have a father. Everyone else has these dads. My mom <laughs> was fucking on methadone in the other room. I mean, Jesus Christ. So that was that. For the boy who definitely did not get any help from his mom. Yeah. <laughs> methadone Lewis. <laughs> We're just going to give him an award for making it through the day. Um, and then uh, I have a bunch of, like, participation ones. But the ones that I was most proud of in the f- kindergarten and the first grade, two years in a row, I won the fire prevention award because we have to des- design our own posters and yeah. draw them up by hand. Um, and then I got invited to a brunch and cause you made a fire prevention poster. Yeah. The best one in the school. Wow. In my class Tw- two years in a row. Oh, you know what award I'm proud of? We had a comedians basketball league. Oh, they had that in LA too. In LA. Yeah. They had one here. That was awesome, dude. So much fucking funnier, dude. Let's start it up. What happened? What, what happened to it here? People stopped going. It was in Astoria. It was the Astoria Comics Basketball League. And how many teams do they have? It was just pickup games. Oh, okay. okay. But it was it was it was. We had like awesome. rec, we had like a rec league with refs, and we had every okay. we had an improv had a team, the comedy store had a team, the agents had a team. We called them the corporate sellouts. <laughs> um, uh, uh, UCB had a team. They, they have a softball um, like that sponsored thing with all the comedy clubs now. But we had an award ceremony at the end. We should get a game going again, though. Somebody's just talking about that in East Village. Again, yeah. going Dove was saying that, but um, I got the they had different awards like uh, cheapest player, uh, MVP. <laughs> I got the award best comic, worst player. Great. Yeah. Are you a bad basketball player? Bad to the bone. If that's what you mean. I play ABA style, man. I'll chip you if you come down below me. If you try to cut underneath. I would the basket. imagine for some reason I get a vibe that you'd be pretty good. Jay's pretty good. I was pretty good, but then I got older. Big Jay's pretty good. Dave's good. Nate Bargatze's very good. Nate Bargatze. I'll crush Nate Bargatze. Put it on the dude. record. And if anyone's listening to this as friends with him, you let him know. He won't do shit to me. Nate Bargatze will dude, suck. Nate's good. Giannis is really good. Giannis, I could believe, possibly. These are all guys who played. Ted Alexandro's great. Gary Goleman, great. Gary Goleman, I could totally believe. Goleman's like really good, dude. The problem is when people get good and then, then eight years pass and you're like, they think they're still good. And you're like, no, you're not. Dude, I'm me and Metzger. Like we played and yeah. we're just so awkward and like unathletic. That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Did we just smoke cigarettes on the sidelines? I used to smoke. That's Clark Brothers once. I was getting picked, like, was we were outside the game and I was smoking a cigarette and like I played defense with it in my mouth and I was coming up and I put it out and like, Ari, come on. <laughs> I was like, sorry. They're like, why are you still smoking? This is a while ago. I was like, I know I should. And they're like, it fucking makes your breath smell. I'm like, I know. 
Like it makes your clothes smell. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And they're like, it's it's fucking it's it's horrible for your lungs. And I was like, I know, man, I know. And he goes, uh, he goes, it's not cool. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's. I mean, I'm listening to the reason, but that's I'll tell you this, dude. You the only reason people smoke is because it's cool. It's still pretty cool. Yeah. I every day I'm watching Boardwalk Empire right now. Yeah. And everybody smokes on that show, and it's just so fucking cool. Like all, all I want to do is just grab a, an unfiltered Lucky Strike, God. And put it in my mouth, and light it up, dude. But it's terrible. I smoked for 11 years. I quit cold turkey. What after two the packs came? a day? When'd you smoke? When'd you quit? Um, like four years ago. Oh, two packs a day. Camel lights, two packs a day. So hard not to smoke when you smoke. I just had a dream about it. Like if I do this some some show or something where the character smokes, I'm like, am I gonna be able to smoke? I'll just start smoking again. I think if I have to smoke for a show, have to have something where you're not actually fake cigarettes. Yeah, they have to have that. My thought was, I'll get some really shitty, like so you won't like main weed. So like, so the worst of the worst, whatever it is, and I'll just smoke that, and not enough to even get me high, so I can still do my lines. But I'll just smoke that. Yeah, dude. um, Yeah, they have to have some fake cigarette stuff at this point. When you're like, it's if I took one drag of one cigarette, I'd be back. Me too, hundred percent. Me too. I have too addictive of a personality. I need to go all or nothing. Same thing with carbs. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm doing one cheat day a month right now. Yeah. When I eat on that day, I you go nuts. I I go nuts, dude. But if I I I just can't do moderation. I can't say all right. Well, once a day I'll have a little snack because it will be all day every day. I put on eighty pounds. You're a degen. You're a natural degenerate. Yeah. It's hard for you to. You put on weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you ever gamble? Did you ever get into gambling or anything? No, not really, dude. I'm fucking bad at gambling. Yeah. I'm all, I'll only I'm not I'm not the type of guy that I'm going to be really bad at something and then I'm like I need to become good at this. Oh right. I it's the things that I'm slightly okay at. Then I go oh maybe I could expand on this. Get <laughs> right, good at right, it, I'm already know? okay. Yeah, that's why I wanted to do karate, but I wanted to be a black belt within like a week. Yeah. If I can't do that, I don't want to do all the work. Yeah, all like the foundationary. Yeah, shit. I just want to be a black belt. Yeah, but it's like the same thing in comedy. It's like no, I was able to kill really early in my career. Like, I, like day one, I was able to kill. It was all horse shit. It was right. all like terrible hack jokes. But um, if I wasn't able to do well you that quit. early, you would have quit. There's no way. There's no way. If I was bad, and I watch guys now, and I won't name names, but there are good guys that have been doing it for a long time that they just don't do well. I'll yeah. even say they're funny comics. There are guys that are funny that I go like, I get why they're a comic, and I get what they're doing, and I get that it's funny, but they just never ever do above mediocre. Yeah. And you what go, is what is driving you? Yeah, why are you still in it, man? Like, why are that you still many here? Failures in a row. Why are you still in it? I just like I. I'm so like self conscious, and I get so critical of myself if i have one bad set like if i have a bad set if i bomb i i go home and i think about quitting comedy i i reassess what i'm doing with my life and these guys this is their whole career every day they go and just do whatever yeah i know i don't know how they don't quit so much failure how do you not quit and there's just more and more comics. I think there's probably 10 new comics starting a day. and That's a, Yeah, but a lot of them quit, too. You know, one dude quit. quitting every, like, five days. Dude, there's, no, there's so many more people starting than there are people quitting. No, there's a lot of people quitting. Because the, they don't make an announcement, I quit. It's just like, oh, I haven't done comedy in four months. It's rare, dude. Who are the guy? I can't. I can name like because you forget about them. That's why you don't think about them. Because I can name the, like you two guys in New York them. that aren't around anymore. That no, why you can name more than that. Uh, how about, what's his name? Blood, Blood Diamonds guy. Well, that's one of them. Oh. Blood Diamond. <laughs> Blood Diamond. <laughs> I think it was like a gold thing. He's doing something with gold oh. somewhere. But 
Yeah, dude, there's it's crazy, man. New York really lets you see how many comics. I guess L.A. too. Mm-hmm. L.A. really is like the New York though. People shit on L.A. People about, shit on L.A. here, and they're like, "You guys are fucking, off base. You're off crazy. base." There's so much stage time in L.A., dude. If you drive. You're fine, dude. Yeah. Look, you're not going to get five or six spots a night, but who the fuck wants to go up six times a night anymore? I'm just so over that, dude. I want to get up two times a night. I'm happy with that. Yeah. The weekend's three times, obviously. Yeah. But it's not the clubs. If you do enough, they're all, they're all individual rooms. They have the Laugh Factory and the Comedy Store, the only ones you can get up regularly at. Right. Um, and then everywhere else, is you just got to hustle. But you, no, got, you, you can only do those shows within five a two times hour a year. radius. Yeah. You have plenty of places to drive 20 to. clubs. Yeah. Clubs. Real deal clubs. You have uh, oh here in New York. No 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 in fucking L A. Within a how far radius? Two hour radius. You get it. There's hours. twenty clubs. Two hours. There's like six far. improvs alone within that radius. Oh yeah, but you can't get up there every night. They have book shows. I, like I said, I don't know the the politics of all this shit. I'm just saying that there are places to go. There's the Ice House in uh, Pasadena. Mm-hmm. There's uh, yeah. If you want to do the work, you can get up there. San Diego. There's like three clubs. Like yeah, yeah you can get up a lot, dude. And honestly, in New York, I used to get up three times on a Saturday at the Ice House Annex, the small room. And it was like when I try to get up five times a week when I was starting, I was like, I got three on a Saturday. That helps my week out a yeah. lot. It's huge. Yeah. And I end up getting like 10, 10, 12 times a week. New York has just become like just almost obnoxious because now there's a comedy show everywhere. Like literally every restaurant, there's a comedy night. They're Um, talking about like, oh, it's so much better than LA. I'm like, guys, I don't see what you're talking about in real terms. Like I get it. There's some good comics here. There's some good comics there too. And I don't know. I always thought like practice should make perfect. Right. So since there's way more practice time here, the comics in New York should be way better, but they're not way better. Right, They're not I even mean, better. Uh, They're just not, like the same. Two of my favorite comics, Rogan and Bill Burr, live in L.A., so yeah. I, I'm not going to, you know, th- no, it doesn't mean shit, dude. Look, all, and by the way, all these guys have lived in New York and L.A. and Boston and Chicago and fucking everywhere, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They're professional comics. They move around. Um, yeah, in terms of the quality, yeah, dude, I think there's there's great comics on both ends. I think you go outside of New York and L.A., there's some great comics. You go to Toronto, dude. Yeah, there's some good comics There's some great fucking comics in Toronto. Well, that's a, that's, that's canada's new york or la yeah that's their one san francisco city. san francisco is a good scene great always. comics in san fran great comics in boston really funny comics in boston dude there's just good comics in san fran and uh, in boston there's not great comics there's a great comic in boston who i haven't met him but i'm sure he's oh, there yeah. it's just such a they're smaller scenes they're such smaller scenes so you're really not going against the best every night not even against them but like all right this podcast is over um <laughs> <laughs> What uh, we got so far off topic? What yeah, Louis J. Gomez, the J? You have to read the J. Why did you delete that comment? Should uh, he is on every his, podcast? His own podcast <laughs> called Legion of Skanks with Big J Okerson and Dave Smith. He also has his own UFC podcast called Hammer Fisting. Hell yeah, man! It's not UFC. It's mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts podcast. And, um, uh, Jens Pulver does a, a monthly segment on our show. Oh, really? Yeah. Jens the, Pulver. The Godfather nice. of the lightweight division who just retired. Um, he so just retired? Yeah, just retired. I interviewed him a man on the street once about the UFC game. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, he's a huge gamer, dude. Big really? nerd. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's great. I love that guy. Um, yeah, if you're an MMA fan, check out Hammer Fisting because uh, I host that one. I also just started another podcast. A third podcast. Third podcast. Real ass podcast. Oh. Available on Stand Up New York Labs. You guys might not know that Luis J. Gomez has, has had catchphrases. He's been trying to get off the ground for about seven or eight years. What, my real-ass dude catchphrase? Real-ass dude, yeah. Well, they call me real-ass dude, Puerto Rican rattlesnake, Howard Who calls you a real-ass dude? 
my interns on my podcasts <laughs> that I make call me real ass dude. Where did you get that name from, real ass dude? One of the guys on the show said it one day. Like I was just saying something. He was like, "Yeah, man, because you're a real ass dude." I was like, "I like that." Yeah. On which and show? then it drove Chris Tinkle crazy. Oh yeah, on hammer fisting. I, yeah, on hammer fisting. So then I just kind of kept it. So you go to my website, realassdude.com or PuertoRicanRattlesnake.com. Check out tour dates and uh, <laughs> yeah, all other info. Do you have any bigger shows coming up? Uh, yeah, this is gonna be out. This week? No, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. August 2nd, I'm headlining um, Garcia's at the Capitol Theater in Portchester, New York. Um, really, really cool venue, man. Capitol Theater is like a gorgeous Port theater. Portchester, New York. Portchester, New York. Uh, it's going to be Garcia's. They have a 250-seater lounge. How do people get tickets? Um, realizedude.com. Yeah, go to realizedude.com or go to my Twitter. Uh, I'll tweet out a link. Louis J. Gomez. Louis J. Gomez. Yeah, L-U-I-S-J. It's more like Luis. Yeah, Luis, but I'm not a fag. So. Yeah. Or Latino. Yeah. Um, all right. What are you doing there? Just headlining? Yeah, just one-nighter. Just headlining. There's nothing else you can do. Um, all right, Rad. Sweet, dude. Thanks for fucking having me, man. I had a blast. You're welcome. Thanks for coming to my apartment. It's a good show, man. Good it's talking. Good show. Great apartment, too, man. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I got a mouse, though. He hasn't showed up again. It's New York, dude. Everyone has mice. I do not accept that. All right. Um, thanks, Louis. <laughs> That concludes our episode. The making of an adult J degenerate. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, uh, Luis Gomez, for, for doing it. Coming to my apartment. Um, yeah, man. Fucking mom who did heroin. <laughs> Forget about this. She's a hooker. Which one's worse? Being a hooker or, or doing heroin if you're in relation to your mother? If you had to have your mom do one. Huh. Probably heroin, I guess. I mean, maybe it'd be more damaging to them, but what well, you could brag about one in in like high school or college. By college, you could brag about my mom did heroin. Yeah, but I don't know what age you have to be to brag about your mom being a prostitute to your friends. Yeah, well, at least my mom's not a prostitute. At least my mom's never done drugs. Yeah, prostitutes way worse. That's the episode, everybody. Don't forget to go to my Storyteller Show in Montreal, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Every show is different. All different comedians, except me, but I'll have four different stories. Um, and then August 21st in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, August 21st. Man, I went to the Yankee game today. I fucking got burned. Uh, is my solo hour-long set at the Bell House. Get tickets now on my website. They're $15 in advance. 20 at the door. Come on, Brooklyn hipsters. Don't waste $5. Get them in advance. So I don't worry so much. Um, I think that's it. Chicago might already be sold out for the 27th. Hmm. Uh, all right, you guys. So thanks, Lewis. Um, man, fuck all of it. He's right, though, about that, about, like, you don't see your parents until, like, later, and then, like, that's when you see them. That's when you're like, oh, I know who you are. You're a person who did this and this. Yeah, you probably sold drugs, Dad. You got killed in a fucking drug deal gone wrong. 
It's never these glorious, nah, whatever. I don't have anything fun to say about it. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 176, I think. The makings of an adult degenerate with Luis J. Gomez. Over and out. Shalom. Itself. You had our child in you. I probably never feel what you felt, but you dealt with it like a strong black woman you are. Through our trials and tribulations, child's elimination, an integration of thoughts I feel about the situation. Back and forth, my feelings was patient. Happy deep down, but not joined enough to have it. But even that's a lie. Less than two weeks, we was back at it. Is this unprotected love or safe to say it's lust busting? More than a sweat in somebody you trust. Or is it that we don't trust each other enough and believe having a child to make us have to stay together? Don't want you in my life because you have made it better. Thinking we are the love because we can spend a day together. We talking spending the rest of our lives. There's too many black women that can say they mothers but can't say that they wives. I wouldn't choose any other to mother my understanding. But I want our parenthood to come from planning. There's so much in my life that's undone. We gotta see eye to eye about family before we can become one. If you had decided to have it, the situation I wouldn't run from. But I'm walking, finding myself and my God so I can discipline my son with my rod. And I have a judge telling me how and when to raise my seed. Though it's death without our creed, with no one else to blame. I had a book of African names. In case our minds change, just say your period hasn't came. And lately I've been sleepy, so quit smoking the weed and the beaties. And let's hide this boy. I-